Come on, hurry it up there. Hurry it up there. I got a, I got, I got a meeting I got to get to. Come on, come on. I, I can't be waiting here all day. Hey, hey, wait, wait a minute. Oh, yep. Were, were you on a trial a few months back? Uh, yeah. Some Latino kid allegedly stabbed somebody, yeah. and then you know, the, Jared number eight. Yeah, that's that's me. Uh, no, I was seven. I was seven. Seven? Oh, I'm Jerry number twelve. Number twelve. That's right. You were the. You were an addict, right? Yeah, yeah. You love baseball. I, I, I would say I did. I, you know, that my team lost that night, so oh. you know it didn't work out that well. You know, I had money riding on that game, but I'm glad I didn't go. Yeah. Well, we did. What a great thing we did, right? Can't believe. I mean, oh, I still mean think like about it. The the actual trial, like. Us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, no. sure. Yeah. We were, I think we we were, yeah. We yeah. were pretty great, right? Well, uh, yeah, we were pretty great. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say so. I think we did a good thing. Oh, yeah. How's, how's life been treating you since then? Uh, my team's gone down the shitter. Yeah. That's all right. You know, I make some make some other bets here and there, and I make up what for. How about you? Uh, You know, well, I mean, my maid is... Just she's acting crazy. I mean, you know, blacks like you can't really trust them. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I've never trusted a single one in my life. Yeah, you know, she's becoming to work late, and you know, something about her kid being sick. I, just, you know, they always have an excuse for something. Yeah, yeah, but we, but remember that day though. Remember oh no, yeah, no, we did a great thing oh, for we, that. We that, we did the Lord's work that day. Yeah, that kid owes his life to us, really. Yeah, speaking of, you know, you said I like baseball. Like, you know, I, I, I grew up watching baseball, you know, on the television. And I, they told me this Jackie Robinson fella is like a good baseball player, but oh. I never seen him play like great baseball. I never seen him play Mickey Mantle baseball. Oh my God, give me Babe Ruth any day. Any I mean, day. You know, all these uppity blacks trying to get in the league. I don't know what yeah, they want to do. Like, they want to start their own team. I they had their own. They had a Negro League. Why they don't they want to play? Get out of here. But a few months ago, though, wow! Oh, what a yeah. great thing we did. Yeah, yeah. Was, we made sure that little Latino boy won't walk free. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was. I think we really should have gotten a, a, a commendation for that. I don't know why. You know, a bigger deal wasn't made of what we did. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Well, looks like you have a coffee here. My name's Jerome. Uh, that'll be fifty cents. And if you want to, you can uh, drop a little something in the tip jar for us. You know, be some hardworking folk yeah. back here. I mean, they're always asking for extra, you know. Like, yeah, just... They always like to asking you for more, you know, when you just pay the 50 cents. There's always something extra with these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's two quarters, kid. Anyways. Anyway. I mean, you know, uh, heroes like us shouldn't have to pay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. You, you keep doing the, you keep fighting the good fight there. Yeah, you too. Wow. I mean, I think if there was just more people like us in the world. If only. Yeah, well, enjoy your baseball. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. 
What's up, everybody? Happy Black History Month, and welcome to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films, and then we recontextualize them and reimagine them through a black and PLC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. We've got we've got a classic movie today. This is... Woo. Yeah, this is this is a nice change of pace for us because we usually are dealing with some very <laughs> some old bullshit, <laughs> some old bullshit, and then also just some like very random films. I mean, I feel like that's kind yeah. of the the roller coaster that we're on, where we've got some stuff that's like whether yeah, you know, Blindside Help, you know, stuff like that, but then also you know your your show of force or your uh, White Man's Burden or <laughs> yeah, literally other... all of these I didn't know before the podcast. Uh, yeah. So this is one that I did know, but I had never seen before. So it was, Me too. It was, it was interesting to to get this one in. But we should introduce our guests. You might know them from just all over the internet. Uh, you know, they got stuff popping on YouTube. They got stuff popping on Instagram, Twitter. But mostly, you might know them from TikTok. This is from Deja Talks TV. Deja. Yes, it's so nice to... I said it earlier, but just seeing your faces is so strange. I feel like I'm, like, I'm seeing the man behind the curtain. It's, yeah, it's... sorry. I'm sorry to break the illusion. I hope we're it's, uh... Richard Pryor in a robe. <laughs> Richard Pryor in a dirty robe. Exactly. It's good stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. And talking about movies is all I do anyways. So. Yeah. Well, tell tell people a little bit about what you're going on with, with Deja Talks TV, because, I mean, it's definitely, I feel like people should know about it. Uh, it's definitely always fun to kind of, to yeah, to peek in and, and get your opinions on stuff. But tell people about what you do. Yeah, totally. So I study uh, television, film, and creative writing. And I pretty much just get on TikTok, and I want us to be able to view tv and film and all of the media as exactly what it is it's art we're enjoying art we can critique it we can enjoy it just vibing we can have conversations like Mm -hmm. this uh but either way just kind of giving people the tools and the language to start talking about that because i also can never shut up about tv so i mean they should talk for sure oh and what's it like i'm curious because i am i am of a generation, I think we are we are teetering on the edge of TikTok of like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I get it and I and I use it all of my social media for the most part, unless I have to like promote something or I'm or I'm doing something specific, is mostly either just like dumb jokes or I'm just I'm just there to lurk and kind of see what other people are up to. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But like for you, I mean obviously you're using this as a platform and you know, to promote and to kind of like like you said, start a conversation. So how's how's that been specifically on TikTok? Because that's something that I'm always just like, how does that how does that work? Because everything's just flowing. Whenever I open it, it's just like everything's happening at once, and it's just like it's meant to work that way. But you know, my attention span is just kind of like, okay, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> like, wow, that's stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it that's, that's stuff. Yeah, it's definitely a whirlwind because like. Almost everyone I know who's on TikTok, I, the pandemic hit, I was bored. I started making videos mm-hmm. in that order. And, uh, you know, it's hard to like remind yourself to like keep having fun because you are on social media. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a strange place, but it's definitely changed my life. I have met some of my best friends through there. I met my partner through there. Nice. Wow. Getting on that app. It's yeah. a strange experience, but it is possible i think to make a lot of connections just because of like the face 
face to face feeling mm-hmm. of it that we were missing for so long. For sure. Uh, well, let's and let's let's talk a little TV before we get into this movie because I am curious. You know, just in the current landscape, are there any shows that you're like, this is exactly what I've been been waiting for, or I'm excited to to tune into that? And are there any shows coming out this year that you're like, I can't wait to watch that? Yes, uh, I think it's coming out this year, but it's a remake of. No, forget it. I'm just gonna completely forget the name. Oh, okay. Um, it's a remake of a show about women playing baseball. It's gonna have Shantae Adams in it. Oh, it's the um, it's a TV reboot of A League of Their Own. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. It was like a TV version of A League of Their Own. Yes. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Um, I started mixing it up with pitch, but I if you say Shantae Adams is gonna be in something, I will watch it. That's mm-hmm. all I need yeah. to hear. So for upcoming, I'm very excited about that. And then I'm just like almost everyone else i just love abbott elementary mm-hmm. Ooh, yes yes it's such a good time it makes me smile that's all i need to know <laughs> yeah i watched one last night and I, I actually i think that was the funniest one so far maybe Ooh, i gotta catch up yeah i gotta catch up too I, I mean i would say for myself you know good great news this week that south side got renewed for season three so yes yes um, claps for them for yeah real. claps for them yeah. very we, excited we, we we love that show. <laughs> you know, we haven't done this in a while, but I will give I will give both Abbott and Southside. Yes, because yes, they're indeed. they're putting it on, and uh, I think everybody involved from top to bottom is like is crushing it on both sides of that show. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm I'm curious to see I'm curious to see what Bust Down is because yeah everybody yeah. involved is is wild so i just want to know i know i'm getting into something i don't know what it is or what it's going to be but i'm i'm curious to check that out i'm i'm cool with like black weirdness for black weirdness sake oh, i think sure. there's not enough of that because yeah. like white people got that on lock like mm-hmm. white people pretty much like ushered in adult swim right so like, oh yeah that whole sense of humor, that whole absurdist sense of humor was like, they locked it down. And then it's like, well, where's the black stuff? And we got like Loiter Squad, you know, the golf wang show. And that yeah. was cool. And then, you know, there's Lucas Brothers Moving Company and stuff like that. So we're getting more and more of it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now we're in like the epicenter of like finally getting black weirdness on TV. Oh, yeah. like, well, I feel like I'm living in uh, a, b- a boon time, you know, a yeah. little bit. I was gonna say one more month until Atlanta comes back, so you know oh you're, you're gonna it get another another hit of that. And need that like yesterday, you yeah. know. So tell us a little bit about movie that you you picked for us, Deja, because it is again a very it's a classic film, and it's one that I'm I'm interested in talking about because I think there's a lot of different moving parts going on here. But tell mm-hmm. everybody about the film that we watched this week. Yeah, Twelve Angry Men. I think it's a 1957 movie. Yep. And it's about, you guessed it, it's about 12 angry men. <laughs> <laughs> they're on a jury for a murder um, where they're claiming that the defendant uh, killed his father with a switchblade and there's all these different pieces of evidence. And it's their deliberations in the jury room. It's very kind of, par- I think it was originally a play, if I remember right. It was, it was a teleplay. Uh, it was yeah. on television. And then that, that was in 19, uh, I want to say 54. And then 55, it was a Broadway play. And then 57, they made the film. Yeah, wow. it's like super pared down. It's all, it's pretty much all dialogue. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to get into it. Yeah, I was going to say, is there, what, what was it that made you of all the movies on the list that made you say, oh, I want to I do that one? 
12 Angry Men, I remember when I was like 16 and for some reason I like, I was like, you know what I should finally read or like watch or whatever. I was like 12 Angry Men because I'm smart. <laughs> um, I was in like an AP class and I was like, this is going to be my personality right now. Okay. Um, so I remember listening to it and I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay, I get it. Like it's a classic. And I was also like, not exactly the biggest fan of the justice system. So I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> but then I feel like it's something that somehow has this like infamous place that nobody ever talks about. It's not like a Citizen Kane. It's not like any of those. It's like, everyone's like, oh yeah, 12 Angry Men, the one about, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, Cameron, I I am a thousand percent confident I can do this movie in under five minutes. And it's a, yeah. a little bit, it's a little bit cheating, but I, I think I think I got it. So I can't wait. I, I cannot wait. Let me know when you're ready and I will I will go in. All right, let, let's see. That is uh is the camera app. That is not a clock. <laughs> All right. First time. All right. Five minutes on the clock and go. So I mean it's a really basic film and I think that's why I can I can do this pretty quickly because really all you need to know is that there's a murder trial happening there's been a young man who has been accused of killing his father and we open up with the jury and the judge basically telling them that like here's the deal you know if you convict you know we're going to need you know unanimous decision and then if you decide he's not not guilty also unanimous decision but if he's guilty he's going to die right he's going to the electric chair like that's that's the way it goes there's no other punishment for this but death and so they all go to the jury deliberation room and it seems like it's, it's going to be a pretty cut and dry kind of situation they're all kind of chatting about it they're like oh yeah you know the evidence seemed pretty strong you know i don't know if there's anything to really have a, have a conversation about you know let's just go ahead one guy's like oh i gotta get to this baseball game like, let's hurry up and get the fuck out of here <laughs> and they go to vote and it's 11 to 1. There's one juror, juror number 8, who's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's guilty. I don't know if he's not guilty. But since he's going to possibly die, like, we should have a conversation about this. We should talk about it. And so basically the rest of the movie is that. It's the conversation. Slowly over the course of an hour and a half, you know, he's able to Thank kind God. of convert everybody else onto his side you know there's there's a lot of different personalities of the meat guy there's the racist guy there's the immigrant guy there's um you know like a like an older gentleman and uh kind of like this wishy-washy dude but like one by one they go over the evidence somehow juror number eight is introducing new evidence uh, in there. <laughs> uh but they're all kind of putting the pieces together you know basically saying that the defense didn't really put up much of a defense and then you know, eventually it comes down to one guy who's still holding out for, I guess, because he like fought his son one time and his son ran away. And then he was like, I have issues with children and children, fathers and children. But eventually he kind of overcomes his prejudice. And then they decide that this kid is not guilty based on, you know, this conversation and all the evidence they've been able to unearth. And that's it. That's 12 Angry Men. It's really not much more than that wow wow two Look and a that. half minutes it that. happened yo Boy. yo this is it's history i'll put the claps in underneath this uh yeah yeah that's, <laughs> i mean it's it's literal history on this podcast it has never happened truly but, and here yeah. it is but, also, but it I mean, is a simple movie like you said 
there's not a lot to discuss in in that sense. Like we're going to get into a larger, more in-depth conversation, Mm -hmm. but just summarizing the movie, you know, it really is about, you know, one man standing up against, uh, you know, not the criminal justice system per se, but, but kind of saying, Hey, wait a minute. Like, you know, we should, if we're going to do this, we should do it the right way to make sure that justice is served as it's intended to be. Yeah. Um, I got, I got some thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I got some thoughts about this one before we start, we should go over some specifics. So this movie, like we said, was made in 1957. Uh, it is directed by Sidney Lumet. This is Sidney Lumet's first film. You know, and like, wow, yeah, this is this is the first movie he I ever did made. Not know that, yeah, and so yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot happening because after this, he makes a lot of movies that obviously, you know, I feel like people will have heard about. I think black people will know him specifically, well, for one film, a, a certain <laughs> a certain film, yeah, specifically. I mean, he goes on, he's he's making a lot of movies, you know, throughout the '60s and the '70s, but it's when we get to '73 where he makes Serpico. Right. Mm -hmm. And then 74, Murder on the Orient Express, 75, Dog Day Afternoon, 76, Network, Uh, 78, Cameron's favorite, The Wiz. (laughs) It's just Hocus Pocus, it's magic. (laughs) But he's got he's got a long and storied career. Right. But it starts it starts here with 12 Angry Men. Uh, And again, the film is it's written by Reginald Rose, uh, who. Has written a, a couple of different things. This is probably what he's most known for, though. He's done some other stuff, like he created and wrote The Defenders, which is you know a courtroom drama, and mm-hmm. um, did an episode of The Twilight Zone. But mostly, he did a lot of plays. That plays were his his main deal. And then it stars Henry Fonda, also produced by Henry Fonda, uh, Lee J. Cobb, Ed Bagley, E.G. Marshall, Jack Warden. Its budget was. Three hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars in nineteen fifty-seven money, but I think that I saw somewhere that that probably comes out to about like three million, three million today, more or less, and it brought in two million uh, <laughs> at oh, the time because no. it was it was um, there's there's some story there that we can get to just about like the general release and how all that went down, but it wasn't necessarily a, a movie that made a lot of money, but it did receive a lot of acclaim and awards just going through pretty quickly uh roger ebert listed as one of his great movies one of his greatest movies of all time the afi named it uh well the afi named henry fonda at 28th in its list of 50 greatest movie heroes of the 20th century Hmm. um afi also named toy of agreement uh one of the most inspiring films uh at 42 42nd i used to watch those little specials when they came on tv uh it was nominated for Best 100 movies, and if you go to the the actual awards that it was up for, it's interesting to see because it went to the Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay. It didn't win any of those. It goes to the BAFTAs, and it wins for, well, Henry Henry Fonda wins for Best Foreign Actor, but it was also nominated for Best Film. Uh, One of the Best International Film Festival, won the Blue Ribbon Award, Edgar Awards. Uh, Didn't get any Golden Globes. But like seems to be something that was really specifically big overseas, and we'll talk about that a little bit too. But let's go ahead and and, and get this in here. So I have a lot of questions because I'm just I'm trying. To, I want to see how people feel if they feel the same way as me 
Um, so I, I mean, it, I could I could lay it out first, or if anybody else, Deja, you're our guest as always. If you if you want to just give general thoughts and impressions, I'm so curious about your questions. I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess the biggest question, right? So for the purposes of our show, right, White Sabers, right, is Twelve Angry Men uh, a white liberal fantasy, right? Like, is this movie one that is mythologizing American morals that may have never existed, but specifically, uh, <laughs> there we go. There it, we go. Existed in a specific time, right? 1957. Again, like civil rights kicking off. Like there's a lot going on in America, mm-hmm. and you know this is the kind of film that kind of supposes a, a, a kind of American moral fiber. You know that like we we do the right thing, right? We're in you know. In real life, people are looking around and like nobody's going to jail for killing Emmett Till, and nobody's going to jail for killing Medgar Evers until a long time later, and and nobody's going to jail for numerous lynchings and murders and all kinds of other things that are happening around. And so we've got this movie where we're going to talk about this in just a second because it is interesting from what I've read, right? What I was trying to to, to parse out. As a lot of people have insinuated that the ethnicity of the defendant is left vague. I assumed he was Latino, but I think it was kind of like, hey, you know, you decide. He's not white, but like, what do you, what do you, <laughs> you, what, do you what do you think he is, right? Stop. But I couldn't not watch this movie through that lens, right? Of just like, mm. okay, we've seen it, right? I mean, really, 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 really recently. It takes a lot to mobilize white people as a whole, right? Like as like mm. the the mass in, in the macro. So like it took something the level of George Floyd and a pandemic happening simultaneously to make white people say, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> this doesn't seem all right. Some some is something going on over here? Should we <laughs> just, nobody notified us about uh racial injustice? <laughs> I and even then, you know, they re- they read white fragility and they said I think I'm done, actually. Yeah, no, they were like, this is really hard. You guys do this all the time. All the time? Yeah, I'm so so tired. It's only been, uh, what, two weeks of Twitter, and I I can't take it. Um, But, yeah, so it's kind of like we've we've seen it play out very recently. And even, I mean, we're talking about how many trials before – you know, the the Derek Chauvin trial where it's just like, oh, we know what's going to happen, right? Like, we know that this person's not going to jail for murdering this black person. Mm-hmm. Police officer or not, right? Like, you know, you, you talk about Trayvon Martin, right? Like, that wasn't a police killing. That was just a random person who thought they had the right and apparently did have the right to murder a child. And the justice system was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, we got you. Um, because it's interesting to watch this movie or in you hear it all the time, right? You know, oh, you're going to be judged by a jury of your peers. And yet here we are with 12 angry white men (laughs) 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 Uh, deciding the fate and the life of this 18-year-old. Again, I say Latino, however else, you know, people want to view it. But like, look, I I figured they were Latino. Look Puerto Rican to me. I don't know. He looked a little Puerto Rican to me, yeah. But, and it's New York. It's New York in the 50s and the late 50s. So you're right. And they're using the like switchblade imagery. I was like, yeah. I know what you're trying to say. Right. Yeah. And so it's 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 fascinating to watch, you know, Henry Fonda as like the the white savior. Right. And he's 
basically like pulling a weird it's a weird tucker carlson move of like i'm just asking questions i don't know like we just talk about it what do you what do you gotta lose like let's just have a conversation you know and you know one by one they kind of crumble underneath the the logic and the reason but that's also like as black people we've seen we've look if that worked we would have done that we tried that that doesn't we typically tried logic we tried reality doesn't usually lead, uh, yield these kinds of results it's usually just kind of like time again <laughs> we tried that they started burning right. uh, yep. Yep. so it i was kind of watching it with that critical eye of like because at the same time it is a good movie like it is it's a well-made film like the dialogue is good the acting is good like everything about it is good like it is a legitimately good film at the same time though like for black people and really just you know people of color in general watching this movie mm-hmm. there is kind of just like a but this isn't for me right like this isn't this is a there's a separate justice system in which this is taking place that i'm not privy to those are those are just my general like big thoughts about the movie it's just like okay like i see what's happening here but i also don't feel like this was written with the full scope of you know like not even just because there's a whole there's a whole big subplot about just race and racism and bigotry and like you know people's without so much as saying you know one of the characters is like but we're white people <laughs> you know <laughs> we got to protect whiteness you know he there's doesn't a lo- say there's it. a lot of them talk there's a lot yeah. of them talk in them and which, what's funny is there one of the men is an immigrant one of the mm-hmm. men is a supposedly italian immigrant i would yeah. assume yeah right and uh they talk in spicy right in front of your boy yeah They're like don't even care that he's in the room. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I lived around them. I know you, uh, the one guy, the supposed racist of the group. It's yeah. It's just like, yeah, he's these guys are liars. Right. For lack of any better word. The word he uses is liars. They're born liars. Right. But again, them is like, he is them. Right. Like he is, well, he is white. You know, like they have, they've assimilated italians and irish and you know all these other groups into whiteness and so like he he does get to be a part of the group maybe you know on a on a technicality like you know on a on a on a season tryout you know to see if he (laughs) meets the requirements but like well i feel like it's one of those things where it's like uh uh, it's the conversation they don't know they're having like it's unintentional yeah right so they're racist obviously like (laughs) These couple of guys in the room are racist and they're supposed to be there to be the opposition, right. right, to this idealistic world. But at the same time, that's the real world that we live mm-hmm. in is like these these immigrants who had come over not even like 60 years ago at that time. Yeah. Like that is the world they're living in. They are assimilating right in front of your face. So these people, these Italian people, these Irish people are going to be white as far as you're concerned. Yeah. You know, white people. But they're on within, thin ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. If he if he started getting a little too bold, I know right. that that room would have shifted. Right. <laughs> oh, they would have pulled out. They got they got their words for them too. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and they would have heard them. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, Deja. I, I saw a lot of when I was talking. There was a lot of head nodding and and you know. Uh. So what what did you feel watching this movie? Watching the movie. You brought up Trayvon Martin and I just kept thinking about that because that for me, like that whole trial was like very pivotal for me. I was young. Um, Trayvon Martin was like the same age as one of my brothers at the time. 
And I just remember like physically going and seeing like the moment that the verdict was set on the news and just being like, okay, so nothing has changed since like what we learned in class, what we, like mm. not much has really changed. Nope. And I just kept thinking about that, watching the movie. And then as you're going through the stats, it's like, oh, the, this place rated it like the most inspiring. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sometimes I forget for a second that white liberals are so in another universe. <laughs> like They don't live in the same America that they think they live in. It's, it's amazing. They live in like an episode of the bold type. Like it is. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I have seen that show. And that what? What a lie. <laughs> what like, a lie. What a fantasy. It's amazing. Like I I see like the idea of like, oh, it's it's inspiring because this one person changed the fate of another human life. Mm -hmm. But I'm also like, did you guys not see the part where eleven men walked into a room and said, Yeah, put him on the electric chair? Cause that's the part. Because I got that... things to do today. I can't be here right. all day. <laughs> I'm going to a ball game. Yeah. This kid deserves to die. Yeah. Not to mention the dad who was like, my son made me angry. Kill that guy for me. That's <laughs> My son you know made what? me angry. My, my... But he was also like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to make him a man. So I beat the shit out of him. And then one day he fought back and left. And so <laughs> this kid needs to feel, you know, like the. I love what he says in that scene, too. He's like, and I tried to make him a man. He became a man. That <laughs> said, if you're going to give me daddy issues, I'm going to give you son issues. Yeah. That's it. Woof, woof. Yeah, I think that's that's really, you know, just the crux of this movie, too. Because, I, I, again, I guess just getting back to the white saviorness of it all, like Henry Fonda's character is really just like not a fantasy, right? Like not necessarily somebody that doesn't exist but more so just the idea of one him being able to like hey guys you know let's let's i'm going to i'm going to you know basically pull like a um Christian cinema here and just like i'm a i'm a shut this whole shit down until you know you, you do what i want you to do we're going to talk Jeez. about this and like she she thinks she's Henry Fonda in <laughs> yeah I, every day she goes to congress she's like I'm gonna make them think. I'm gonna make them think about something, <laughs> and and they're gonna see these boots. Yep, and they're gonna see this stupid yep. clashing dress that I'm wearing, and they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna have to deal with me. They're gonna think. <laughs> Meanwhile, AOC is in the corner, just like, oh my god, shaking mm -hmm. her head, like, oh god, yeah, stop talking. She's, she's thinking a lot of things that probably aren't uh, <laughs> Congress approved, but. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's like he he comes in and it's unclear, right? Because not that we need to know Leah everything that's on his mind or what he's thinking about, but like it mm. seems like this is purely a moral like for for justice. Like the justice system works this way and thus we should do X, Y, and Z, right? Like the one guy who's like, "Oh, you know, you're talking about the slums. I'm from the slums," and I'm like, "Oh, all right." Well, I mean, sure. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Well, he says he's from the slums, but he also says, "I've lived near them. I've lived amongst them." Yeah, like, you know they're I mean? still in other. They're mm -hmm. still in yeah. other. They're not. They're not. You know. He was camping. Yeah, no. He ain't. He ain't. <laughs> I was hanging out. They happened to be there. Right. Yeah, he's not Paul Wall, you know. What I mean, he's not he's not from <laughs> from them, but he is. Yeah, he lived around them. But it's also like he, 
you know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, like we should we should think about this because I've got, you know, uh, I guess some kind of tangential relationship to the people who live there. But Andrew Fonda never really seems to like be empathizing necessarily with the the kid per se as much as he's moralizing about like the sanctity of the American criminal justice system and like the the duty that they have as jurors to do mm-hmm. the right thing. Which again, he clarifies repeatedly in the movie. Yeah, which again, this is kind of like I sure right. Like people talk about, hey, you know, we should we should follow the laws and the <laughs> the letter of the law, you know, to a certain extent. And these things should apply to everybody and should be, you know, we should we should be colorblind, right? You know, in these situations and kind of view things a certain way. But then it's also like we live in a country which has like codified racism into law whether it was plus v ferguson whether it was jim crow laws whether it's you know critical race theory laws now or you know voting rights laws and then at the same time we'll come back around and say "Ooh, you know this looks bad how should we here's an affirmative action bill like here's a uh <laughs> like here's this or that around here but it's like no but you did this right like do you see that this isn't you know like this isn't something that sprang out of nowhere there's not like laws that were you know organically grown and just happened to you know take place in texas or california or you know at a federal level it's like you passed a law that said you could kill me right (laughs) for the most part you passed a law that so you passed an amendment that says that i could be jailed for life if saw fit right like none of this is like a surprise or you know so like to see henry fonda you know, pontificate on this level of like, oh, morality, like we really need to do this, not for the sake of this child who seemingly has been caught up in the situation. The case, like the, the the facts of the case to me, it wasn't like they were unclear, but they did seem to turn specifically to like, just like, who's the next person who needs to be convinced, right? Like, who's the next guy mm-hmm. who needs to to have, you know, a change of heart? Well, here's new information that I guess wasn't offered in the trial. <laughs> and now we're going to get it because, like, even the, like, because they never really push back in the sense of there's always like, oh, well, you know, this woman claims that she saw the murder happen across the street or like this, this, you know, person claims that they heard him say, I'll kill you or, you know, and Henry Fonda's like, oh, well, here, here's an answer for that. And it's like, wh- what was the defense attorney doing the whole time? Because it seems like... <laughs> and they're running on like two shots of espresso and dream, like and a dream, and even because every bit of evidence, I was like, guys, if you're debunking this because you noticed somebody touched their glasses, yeah, it was some very like <laughs> that was some like monk level shit. Right. Of just like, you know, that's something that would happen in like Columbo, you know, not like a real life case. Um These people were Columboing like some serious <laughs> evidence out of their out of their hats. They were like, Well, remember that? Yeah. Well, remember this? Even just like taking out the like knife. I was like, did they not check you on your way in? You mean like, this oh. knife? <laughs> he just steps in. Yo, into- <laughs> yo, the, there was the knife and they brought it in and then they said well, they, they talked about fingerprints being on the knife, yeah. right? They checked the knife for fingerprints. And here they are, touching on his knife, <laughs> mm-hmm. grabbing it. Oh, let me hold yeah. it. Let me show you how to stab a guy. Yeah. Let me hold this knife. Let us put our dirty, grubby hands all over this <laughs> thing and ruin the evidence 
that we're going to possibly, if we have to go into a mistrial or something like that, that we can never talk about this again. Right. Like, the murder was actually juror number seven. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, they found me. Um, I, I kind of want to talk about that, but in the sense of, okay, so I'm, I'm from the theater, right? Mm-hmm. And I, there's a lot of play logic going on here. Yeah. Right? These are big issues. We're talking about racism. We're talking about masculinity. We're talking about justice and truth, Mm -hmm. right? Big, big ideas, just big swathy ideas, right? But what, what the movie tries to do with these ideas is, like you said, tries to paint them with an idealism so that you can see what could exist. Right. And what and we and i guess contrast it with the reality of what doesn't exist right and that's what that's what the world that plays live in whether it be experimental theater or you know straightforward your broadway stuff they deal in big ideas and they kind of tweak the world around them in order to fit their discussion Mm -hmm. of the idea because the second the second they pulled out that knife, I was like, "This whole thing is <laughs> like, what?" And the guy was out there with it; he had it. Yep. And I'm not trying to do that. Like, oh, this is a movie, and that's crazy. Like, I'm I'm, I'm literally like, these are the circumstances you've given me. Right. I'm the viewer. Like, you trying to do this to me? I'm not dumb, <laughs> right? Well, it's it's interesting too to kind of see. Speaking of play logic, like obviously all these characters are designed to be. Not even just like, you know, stereotypes, right? Like just broad, like representations of people, right? Um, But specifically designed to engineer conflict, right? Like they're, they're, Mm -hmm. they're designed to be diametrically opposed to each other so that, you know, Mm -hmm. these situations arise and you've got, you know, people who, who are getting into these conflicts. But it's also interesting to watch just as, (laughs) because I'm just like, I would like, man, all, all of that, like, white male toxicity in, like, one confined location, like, was giving me anxiety. Because I was like, man, I don't want to be in that room ever in my life to have, to, to have those conversations. Because it, it was a lot of just, like, it's 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 something that I've heard. Obviously, I've never experienced it because I'm not a white person. But, like, that, that, uh, that moment where, like, a white person says something and they look at another white person and they're like, oh, you're not racist? Oh, because I thought we all were we all we're not all thinking the same thing in this moment where it's just like, you know, like I've had, you know, friends who are like, yeah, like some person just came up to me and started saying something wild about like a Latino person. I was like, no, <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're not we're not on the same team, you know, because there's you don't get to do that. Yeah, because there's there's even times I mean, there's like there's, you know, literal bigot racist guy like that's his role in the movie. And, you know, he's got two moments where the first one, he's kind of blowing up at, at one guy. And then because he thinks the guy like switched his vote, you know, like they take a second vote. And then he's like, oh, well, I know who who changed their vote. This wishy-washy bitch right here who <laughs> can't make up his mind. And then he's like, no, I didn't change my vote. And then he comes back around to him later. And he's like, you know, I didn't think it was you. Uh, <laughs> we're still. Oh yeah, he definitely like walked it back instantly. He was like, "Sorry, things got a little heated back there." Yeah, I would have smacked that shit out of him. You gonna talk to me like that? Things got tense. 
but we're good, right? <laughs> Get your hand on my pocket. Yeah. Like five, 10 minutes into being in there that things were getting heated. And I was like, y'all, yeah, <laughs> take a breath. No, like, it might, we might be here all day. Yeah. Well, because then let's, I mean, let's talk about this scene in detail because it is, this is another moment where that white liberal like fantastical element comes in because same dude right making this big speech i think we've gotten maybe to six six like we're tied you know and like he just blows up because he's like i can't believe you guys are falling for this shit like you don't know about them i know all about them i've seen them you know they're all drunks and you know murderers and they kill each other easily my least easily my least favorite part of the movie and it's supposed to be a like a double moment right or like at once we're seeing all of the people in the room kind of in disgust like they stand up and they turn their back to him and they go to different corners of the room to kind of signify Very that theatrical. they yeah like they 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 can't believe you know he's saying these wild things where again you're white in 1957. This is like Tuesday. I you know what I mean I'm just, you're hearing I know y'all are kicking back beers. Yes. <laughs> You know, y'all, wherever y'all work, somebody hasn't said this in the break room before. You know what I mean? Like your family functions. Somebody hasn't said maybe verbatim what this person is saying right now. You know, like it's (laughs) crazy to think that in this moment, this is where they stand up to the to the bigot and the racist. And so as he's continuing on, he slowly gets, you know, meeker and then starts to like stammer more. And then, you know, eventually he's just like not guilty you know like he he totally flip-flops or in not (laughs) again i mean i i was like hold on a minute why the fuck you lying why you always lying oh my god stop fucking lying because that's 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 not how that works like that wasn't you five seconds ago that wasn't you five seconds ago but that's not how that's not how any of this works, right? You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the the people turning their back on him isn't how it works because as we were just talking about, not even a year ago, two years ago, you know what I mean? Like white people were marching in the streets and they were, you know, out here for 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 us, I guess, for our benefit. Mm-hmm. Um but that's uh, still needs to be proven. <laughs> but at the same time, we're going to Thanksgiving and going to all these other separate functions, and we're listening to their relatives and friends and other people say all kinds of wild shit about you know the blacks and uh, you know what's going out in the streets, and I can't believe this, that, and the third, you know, and like probably just being like, okay, Dad, okay, Uncle Bob, you know, okay, you know, <laughs> just like no, none of this dramatic pushback of like, I can't associate with you anymore because you, you know, say or believe these things. It's just like, I guess I won't like that Facebook post you made, but like, I'm not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cut you out of my life, you know, because you're a racist or a bigot or have these thoughts, you know, because there was a whole, this was, this was the entirety of the Trump presidency, right? There was a lot of like, we need to understand them, right? Like if we cut them off, if we, if we completely throw them away, you know, like we, we, we lose, you know, this whole demographic and section of people and we really need to show empathy and understanding and all of this stuff. And like, it is probably easier for you, a white person to think and feel that way. For me, it's just like, you have chosen the side that wants to kill me 
So I really don't want to have a conversation with you. I feel like you have made a choice and you can be over there and do whatever that is. But like, I am not necessarily interested in conversing with somebody who feels like I, as a person, should not exist. Right. And then you go down the list of like, I, you know, a, a straight black man shouldn't exist. But then like my trans friends and like my 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 career friends and my you know, disabled friends and like, you know, you keep going down the way. It's like, oh, like all of us, right? Like all of us who aren't in that specific group. And so, yeah. you know, like people like that, it's not like, oh yeah, like they should die, you know, but it's like, but I don't need to associate with them or have anything to do with them. Like it's not. But that's, well, I was saying that's what makes this a fantasy. Yeah. Right. Cause like these are 12 angry white men. Yeah. Right. And we can talk about, I mean, there's there's a remake in 1997 that has Ooh, um, yeah, some yeah, color yeah. involved in it. We can get to that later. Right. But um, this is like a conversation that 12 white men, let alone two white men, would have. Like, right? right? It's, it's the whole, like, liberal versus conservative discussion. You're not changing anybody's mind. You're not going to change anybody's mind. Especially, and I mean, I kind of hate to bring it current. Do it. But <laughs> do it. <laughs> push the button but like anybody who was say for example going to vote for trump like sure i bet there's people who changed their minds right who were like they lived through four years of that and they woke up every morning with a new push notification that said we're about to go to war with a different country yeah and they were like i'm tired of that right but their beliefs their core beliefs those are the things that like brought them there to the first place right mm -hmm. they felt empowered by a sense of xenophobia and a sense of other and a sense of canceling otherism this is yeah. that this is also cancel culture as well this right. is like what i wanted i i don't like that person because of what they did they did the one thing you're not going to forgive them later yeah <laughs> we're still trying to figure out if they want to give louis ck another tv show right. he's still Every time Aziz Ansari comes out with a new comedy special, it's like, can I watch this one? It's like, mm. you can make a choice yeah. any day of your life, right? You could do whatever you want. But when it comes to, like, your core beliefs, are you actually going to change your core beliefs? And that's what this movie, like, tries to posit. Right. It's like, it, 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 this, the fantasy of this movie is that white men want to change. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm coming for you, white men. You, it, it, It's like... It's like you do you want to change? Sure. Uh, and, and and to bring it current, like would you want to would you want to vote for Trump or would you not want to vote for Trump? Right? Would you do you associate voting for Trump a vote for racism, a vote for bigotry, mm -hmm. a vote for xenophobia, a vote for otherism? Like, would you consider that? Because you are right. You don't realize that you you might say like I voted for Trump. For such and such reason. Like, I picked this reason, and that's why I voted for this guy. But you also, when you voted for him, and you voted him in office, you also voted for unhinged post notifications. You yeah. voted for racism. You voted You voted for the January 7th. Uh, you, like, you voted for that. Yeah. Fam, I don't care if you say, I don't like... No, you voted for that. You asked for that. Right? right? Yeah. Like... There's no there's no wishy washiness about it. And I feel like that's the fantasy that this movie wants to portray. Yeah, I think even just like having having a bad guy in this movie is so funny because yeah, the yeah. premise is the bad guy. Yeah. The 
that it got to the point on terrible evidence is the bad guy. Yeah. The fact that he was arrested. The fact every the idea of twelve angry white men making a decision about anything is the bad guy. I wouldn't right. trust them to pick the color of my shirt. Like it's, everything about it is terrifying. But like by making it like this man's prejudice is the reason we're in the. It's like no, actually, it's. It's so much deeper than this guy. And it's also so much bigger to fix than, you know, Henry Fonda. Yeah. Being charismatic. Well, it's interesting, too, because the way that the movie plays it out is that, like, prejudice is confined to that particular juror, right? Like, none, the rest of them don't feel that way because he's the racist. The rest of them are like, yeah, okay. You know, I don't really have any opinion one way or the other about, you know. Right. Yeah. They're all malleable minds to begin with. Yeah. They just ha- happen to want to go to a baseball game, happen to want to go see their wife and kids, happen to, like, whatever their right. circumstances. So it is just kind of like, you know, to, to, to suppose that none of them also have preconceived biases. Because that's, I mean, you know, it's, we could have this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Do, do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> isn't isn't that whiteness right like isn't that the 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 core concept of whiteness is to have this presupposed definition of yourself that excludes all the others right and and centers you in a way that like you're not even aware of the things you you feel and believe because those are what makes the mechanism tick right like the second you start to say hey wait a minute you like that's when everything starts to fall apart because the whole thing is built on a fantasy. And so the minute you start being Henry Fonda and asking questions about like, mm, okay, but let's just play devil's advocate for a minute and say, <laughs> I feel like if there were, cause oh, if, if there were real 12 angry men, I mean, there's literally like, um, I'm sorry, my history teacher, us history teacher, but however many people are in Congress, however many people mm. are in the Senate, like, they're doing that every day, right? Yeah. I mean, they're doing that every day. Well, there's 50 people in the Senate, but like, still, they do that every day. Their job is literally to go to bat and argue issue by issue, whatever law is mm-hmm. up up for discussion. And, and they are not deciding on anti-racism. Oh no, they're, they're not deciding on shit for real. Like the past like 12 years, if you want to be real about it, like they ain't deciding on shit. They're deciding on how to play against the other person. Yeah and play against a, another group of people and play against like whatever morals don't fit their own, which yeah. are, it's, which is like really gross and like so self-centered, but also like the root of whiteness. I have this choice, right? I don't have to make that choice because everybody else believes it behind me, mm-hmm. but there are other people in the world that this affects. So I can still choose, you know, Voting rights. So I don't have to... Uh, voting rights doesn't affect my state, right? But there are people in Georgia who... Are, you're not even allowed to like bring snacks to people. Like yeah. If you're a pregnant woman, you can't sit in the line. You can't... Whatever crazy law is like up for grabs. Uh, uh, any issue. Any issue, really. If it doesn't affect you at the moment... Mm-hmm then it's not real and it's not a real issue and we keep moving on with the day. We still want to go home right. guilty, right? Yeah. And that's the fantasy of this movie. That's why I can't really take it seriously, but I can enjoy it as a play right? or I can enjoy it as like theater. I can enjoy it as art because it does evoke feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Like when 
<laughs> when the guy, when the racist bigot dude at the end is like, they're all alike. See, they're all alike. Uh, they're all alike, right? No, everybody. You're with me, right? Uh, I guess. I guess not. I guess he's not guilty. Yeah. Ah, and it's like. <laughs> Come on, bro. Like at the end of the day, you still gonna call that dude all kinds of weird names. Oh yeah. You gonna you gonna go home. You gonna uh, some black guy's gonna be sipping at a water fountain in front of your building. You're like, guy in there. Like I know you're gonna do it. Like, well, because the thing about all of this is right. I mean, one this this is like a debate team fantasy, right? Like this is this is like a like a debate mm. team scenario, but. In all of those situations that you were describing, right, like whether it's Congress, whether it's, you know, like a juror pool, whether whatever it is, like the idea that this this conversation you've had lives on beyond the walls of this room, right? Like that they left carrying something with them that then they applied to the rest of their lives, right? Like I think the thing yeah, about yeah. so much of this is like you look at these situations and it's like, oh, yeah, well, OK, like the writing of this movie, while it's I wouldn't necessarily even call it antiquated in the sense of like it sounds old timey, but I think it's more just like antiquated in the sense of like general societal views have progressed beyond <laughs> some of the places <laughs> they were at. Right. But like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. still things that ring true in the sense of during that whole racist rant he's like some of them are okay i know a few that are you know fine the good ones right you know and like that's still the good ones is still a concept that pervades what? today but like the idea that people learn one lesson and then that lesson is is a catch-all lesson that applies to the rest of their lives where it's just like oh no like you might I guess, let's say, have a change at heart about black people, but you still hate gay people, right? Because that's different. That's a different thing. That Like, that's a different set of prejudice that, you know, you have to get over. Where it's just like, well, no, like, I mean, the lesson applies across the board. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you've, if you've learned to not judge and discriminate somebody against something as, you know, out of their control as skin color, then it's the same when it comes to sexual orientation. It's when it comes to, you know, like, any other thing that's just like biological, genealogical, genealogical, is that a word genealogical? Let's say that it is. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> but all these, all these things that are just like, yeah, you're literally just born that way. Can't control that, you know? And so to think that even like at the end of the movie, these people walk away with anything akin to a lesson is like, I don't know if you learned anything. I think you just had a very tumultuous, you know, it's, it's, it's like, that that heart to heart you had with your friends when you got pretty drunk that one summer, you know, at the beach house, you know, and like you guys remember that moment, you know, I'm sure there's yeah. I'm sure there's like maybe down the line. They all live in New York. Maybe they see each other and they and they and they looked at each other. Uh, Bruce Wayne and Alfred style across the restaurant. You know, what I mean, they didn't say anything, but just gave a gave a knowing look of like. We let that Latino kid off the hook, didn't we? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did the right thing that day. But then, but then, when I had the chance to hire somebody that was, you know, of the same, you know, background, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want anything to do with that. You know? <laughs> I already had a Luis in, yeah, in marketing. No. Yeah. Um. Uh, it, it, I mean, it it's it's true though. It's true though. Like. I we talked about this before, black art for the black gaze, right? Mm -hmm. 
black art for us, right? This is white art for white people, right? Mm -hmm. Very strictly so, almost. (laughs) Because there's, I mean... It's 12 Angry Men. The remake was was changed for black and POC people a little bit, but... Or to to reflect something more realistic. But um, here, these are 12 white men, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, back in the 1950s, right, white men would only be the would be the only people picked for the jury anyway right so the only people who are going to go see this movie and are going to or aren't going to gain anything from this movie are white men Mm -hmm. right and like i said before how many white men are going to like go to this movie and be like and come out of that movie just like those men in that jury Mm -hmm. they're going to come out of that they're going to come out of that movie theater just like the men in that courthouse and, and walk away like What's your name? <laughs> My name's William. My yeah. name's Dave. All yeah. right, Dave. Bye. Like, you know, no, you're gonna like walk home, and then you're gonna think about it in the car. And by the time you get home and eat dinner, you're probably gonna like keep calling black people weird names. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like as you guys are talking, I'm just thinking it's like such a Breakfast Club type thing of like, yeah, these different people go in the room. But at least with the Breakfast Club, there's a question of like, I wonder if they talked the next Monday at school. This I'm like, no, I feel like I feel like they okay. right So this is a different this is a different movie, but this is the same exact mm. vibes, right? I I love that you brought that up because that is that's exactly the question about the Breakfast Club at the end, right? Did they t- when they went back to school on Monday? Did the jock say hi to the shy emo girl? Yeah, you know, did uh, did uh, Bender say hi to the nerd? Yeah, did, or did he like defend the nerd the next time he got beat up and shoved in a locker or something like that? Did that happen? Mm-hmm. And don't make that movie. Anybody listening, any producer listening, don't fucking make that movie. I know Breakfast we live in that Club world 2. where it's like Breakfast Club Two, Electric Boogaloo yeah. is going to happen somewhere. Right. Don't do it. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Timoth- oh, yeah. stop, stop. The remake's already like we we've already conjured the remake. You got Timothy yeah. in there. You got Zendaya in there. Zendaya, got, uh... god damn it! <laughs> she can't keep playing a teenager forever though. We gotta. <laughs> well, she's twenty six. Don't be a teenager. Like that. Come on, chill, chill, chill. That, you left that ten years ago. But like, like, come on, like that is the vibes when you leave the Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. In, in, in intrinsically, it's like part of leaving that movie is like. Oh, I want to know what happened. I mm-hmm. got to know what happened because they bonded so hard, right? Yeah. With these men, you get a little bit of that, right? You get that. What's your name? What's your name? And they still walk away. Yeah. But like, they're in New York City. They're in the world at large, right? Are they gonna like stand up for their fellow man? Like, it, it, a, a way to put like a more like a, a visual pin in that even more would be like, if a black guy was like. Or a Latino guy was drinking at a water fountain as they walk outside. And, like, they see that and they go, like, they let him drink instead or something like that. You know, right? Yeah. That's that version of it a little bit. Well, the movie, like, it's it's interesting to see it intersect with, you know, like, race and class. And, like, class seems to Mm -hmm. play, you know, a larger role than race just in the sense of, like, they're kind of talking around race you know they never really explicitly say anything or like again they never 
specifically identify the the ethnic background of the defendant more so they just kind of say he's not us you know he's not one of us he's one of them Mm -hmm. but you know there's also a lot of you know like yeah like those poor crazy people living in the slums like this is what they do you know kind of situation um but with with all of the jurors you know we kind of like i said before you know they're all broad representations of not even just like specific types you know they're all maybe only one of them isn't you know real aggro like there's the one guy who's kind of like gee willikers this is a (laughs) crazy trial isn't it (laughs) isn't he like number two he's like number two. he's like the (laughs) yeah just happy to have something to do yeah you know he's really he's really excited to be with the guys you know having this moment he's happy to be out the house right you know i'm sure people are happy to have him out the house um (laughs) 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 but yeah no but the rest of them are kind of like you know like men you know manly men uh you know whether Mm -hmm. it's the the ad agency guy or you know baseball guy or dude you know even i mean the soccer coach i mean the football coach the foreman yeah he he's like manly man to the max you know like he's got his sleeves up arm hair showing he's like all right guys Settle down. Let's get into and it. He even pulls know? the oh, oh you you want to sit in the chair? You want to do you want to do my job? It, oh <laughs> my god! That, when he did that, I was like, "Don't do that. You you better than that." I hate. I, damn. And they were like, "No, you're doing a great job. We love it. No, keep keep going, keep going. We're not gonna, you know." <laughs> men be men in sometimes. <laughs> not not sometimes all the time. All the time. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's the other point that I wanted to make, though, is that like this is something where we're supposing that because the energy, right, the energy of the room is hostile and antagonistic. Like you were saying, Deja, like almost instantly, like within a couple of minutes, they're in this room, dudes in the bathroom and they're just like, what's taking so long? You know, get out here and let's let's just get this over with. And to think that like elongating the situation would would make things better right like obviously the the tension of the film the whole like arc of the film is building to this dramatic point where you know like we're we're whittling down the numbers and then eventually the last guy like breaks and that's kind of like the releasing the dam you know all the pressure of of you know this whole trial but it is just kind of like one. I mean, somebody would have caught hands. You know, it seemed like they were you know very close to fighting. <laughs> Even that weird moment where dude is like, "This is how I. This is how I would stab somebody." You know, and he like that reaches back and everybody's is, like, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> the entire room lifts up out of their chair. I will say this movie's got some shots in it for sure. Like, it's well some, again. It's it's a very well made film, and like I will say, there's some excellent cinematography, mm-hmm. in it, or at least uh, blocking. Yeah, like because. Sure, it's a little bit of it's fake, a lot of it's yeah. fake, a lot of it's fantasy and you know foolishness. But like we said, the scene where you know it's down to that last guy, and everybody is one by one getting up and literally facing away from the desk and like looking out the window, mm-hmm. or you know, and the camera pulls like literally out from his face all the way back to the entire room, and you've slowly seen the entire room like face away from him mm-hmm. to give you that image of like, you know, he's on his own. That's some s- stunning uh, camera yeah. work, honestly. It, it like still hits hard, you know, or there's also, I mean, the opening shot, not the opening shot, but like the first scene in the, um, in the courtroom is like almost 20 minutes unbroken yeah. of just like 
uh, mm-hmm. camera shifting between the characters, kind of painting these introductory pictures mm-hmm. of these people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I did. I just wanted to shout out how the camera work was. Oh no! Dope, like, but like we were saying, I mean, this is this is. I will go on record and say this is a good movie. Like, this is a movie that we were saying. Dang, like, yeah. there's a reason that it's on all these lists. There's a reason why people talk about it. You know, my critiques of it simply come from just being a black person <laughs> like <laughs> no 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 and I, I i get that completely i i think i think we're all in the same boat where there's some wild fuck shit but yeah there's definitely emotion to be evoked oh regardless. yeah like yeah. regardless of how fantastical it may be regardless of um how idealistic these morals might be for sure you're gonna feel you're gonna feel that like that release of tension, that release of pressure, like you said, when the uh, that twelfth man finally gives in, mm-hmm. you'll feel that. And like you said, I there were several moments where I thought, "Come on, y'all gonna fight? Yeah, like, yeah. y'all gonna They're fight? To Somebody gonna fight?" Um, were there any other particular scenes or even particular characters that we didn't talk about that you guys wanted to get into? Not even a character or scene, but just. The way they go through the evidence, like we've, you know, talked about how it's very, you can tell it was a play, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, as yeah. you go through it, you're mm-hmm. like, yes, I understand exactly <laughs> how this was written. But it's also just like, it's interesting how this movie, like, is so dedicated to the idea of innocence. It never really questions in any, like, real way the death penalty at all. Yeah. Like, we don't want to kill him because the evidence is bad. Not because he's like a guy, yeah. <laughs> because he's like not because he's a human, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like eighteen, and, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as it's like going on, I'm watching, and I'm like, when you get down, and there's like two, three people left on one side mm-hmm. who are saying he's guilty, don't they eventually just need to go? Yeah, I'd rather go home than kill a teenager. Yeah. Like even the last guy, it's like you didn't just. I, I almost would have respected it more if he just said, I am not that invested in killing somebody. I'm not going to try and unconvince 11 people. Yeah. Let's That's go a really ahead. good point. That's a really good point that I think, and even, you know, just by premise of this podcast alone, we might be caught up in the race and class part of it so much, but like the humanity, honestly, like straight up humanity, mm-hmm. uh, you're a person's life is on the line and rarely if at all i mean the movie does bring up obviously like we don't want to kill him why are we killing him over this but also like he's a boy he's a boy who whether he actually killed his father or not was caught in a strenuous situation that like we don't know the ins and outs of and you guys are here like literally like Waiting to get back to your husbands, your I mean your wives. Sorry, maybe husbands. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. We don't know. It was the fifties. Everybody, everybody wasn't all that truthful. Yeah, I don't know. You're number three. Say number three. (laughs) I was gonna get say number two. Honestly, he was like, you know, he was the the nice guy of the group. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, they they got other things to do. Like one guy's trying to go to a ball game real bad. Yeah. Like. There's somebody's whole life you're going to execute a person, and then you'll be able to go to a ball game, fam. If I, if if I was on a jury and like the tr- the case is murder, and we come to whatever verdict we come to, like my day is going to be fucking different. Yeah, <laughs> you know, regardless of not guilty or guilty, my day is going to be different. I might not even be able to like 
watch a movie or something. I gotta sit for a while. I gotta sit with that. Well, I feel like that was was maybe somewhat intentional in the sense that, again, this movie posits Henry Fonda as the only one with maybe a conscience in the entire group. A conscience, yeah. But you know, he's the only one who's like, well, wait a minute, like this kid is gonna die. You know, like what, whatever. If we decide that direction, like that's the end. So like we should really sit and consider this. And you get the sense that a lot of them came in with the, you know, intentionality, you know, I don't know how far either of you got gotten into, uh, you know, like jury duty and jury selection, but anybody who's ever had to sit in the courthouse all day watching terrible Eddie Murphy movies, uh, or uh-huh. <laughs> doing whatever else <laughs> they let you do. And then they give you like $15 and they're like, go to subway, you know, <laughs> New York doesn't have funny Eddie Murphy movies. They have the same video oh, yikes. telling you about how to be a juror, how to be a good yikes. juror. Yeah, we get we get that video, and then we get Meet Dave, the Nutty Professor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Meet Dave. Um, but yeah, like I mean, jury duty is not fun. You know, nobody's necessarily looking forward to it, and it's you know obviously a thing that I think people take for granted in the sense that like yeah your decisions do have real life consequences and effects on real people so you know whether or not you're just like yeah you know all right like i i i believe this police officer (laughs) what what reason do they have to lie about a myriad of things or you know like yeah this -hmm. public defender they seem like they were kind of out of their depths but sure whatever like the only time that i ever went to an actual trial as these things are, are are want to do they just pled out, you know, like we, we got maybe like a bit into it and they were just like, yeah, we, we took the plea deal, you know. So like I think so much of this is just kind of like, yeah, you know, he, here's these white men kind of come into the situation pretty laissez-faire. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the evidence sounded good enough. You know, we don't really want to think about this any more than we have to. Let's just get this over with because we have our lives to think about and go on with. And, mm-hmm. you know, Henry Fonda. As has been noted, you know, watch the movie. He's an all white, you know, he's an angelic figure who, you know, is there to. You're not wrong. Speak You're not wrong. reason. Imagery is intentional. Yeah, you know, speak reason into this group of people. But yeah, I mean, you do kind of get the sense of like, sure, these are what what you're saying, what you're suggesting, you know, in terms of the evidence, or maybe we should think about this, you know, a different way, like. I guess makes sense, but it also is very dramatic for drama sense, you know, that you're just kind of like, by the end of it, you're just like, all right, you know, like, I forget which, which moment it was. I mean, there's, we can kind of go through it. You know, there's the knife, right? He pulls out the prosecutor claimed that this was the only, there's no other knife in the world that looks like this knife. You know, the person who sold it said, this is a one one of a kind knife. I would know that knife anywhere. You know, then Henry Fonda was like, I went to Chinatown and just bought this knife. You know, it's the same same thing in the same neighborhood, right? Um, I am an easy get because <laughs> when that happened, I actually was like, <gasps> <Dun, dun. laughs> first time I was like, Henry Fonda, stop! Yeah. That's how they get you. You know what I mean? Like they, they got they got me. I am I am a chump. I sat there watching. I was like, oh no, yeah. Where he gets that knife from? You know, he went shopping. <laughs> Your boy felt, oh, your boy was looking. Um, well, and then they go through this whole thing of like, okay, well, you know, how, how would how would the father have, you know, gotten or the old man have gotten over to hear that? Because, he you know, he, he, he had a limp 
so he would have to drag his foot. And then Henry Fonda's like, count, count while I drag my foot across the room, <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, I guess that's not possible because you did it. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, one yeah. guy, you know, is just kind of like, you know, touching his nose. And again, this guy has a very like monk-esque you know, like spur of the moment, like, hey, wait a minute, do that again. Why were you, you know, he goes all uh, Matlock on him. He's like, why were you touching your nose? You know, like, <laughs> let's let's walk through it. Uh, and, you know, he's supposed to like, oh, you know, like, because you wear glasses, right? It's like, oh, well, the woman who, who was on trial oh, was, my God. was also doing the same thing. And I saw the same indents on her nose. And I'm like, how, how close indents were you to yeah. this woman? Because if you're in the juror's box and she's on the stand, like, those must have been like, indents in her nose. I think it is number two who even goes like, yes, I've seen it. Yeah. It's like, you may have seen that on a person, but did you see that on this woman? Like, specifically? Because right. that's pretty, you know, that's like some uh, enhanced technology, right? Where you're just kind of like, let's I, zoom in on that. I kind of feel like those parts felt like minutia to just pad the story. Yeah. Because what the movie wants to talk about is classism is like racism is justice um, justice and bigotry yeah. it's not really trying to talk about like because the monk elements yeah they're like oh this knife you mean <laughs> boom or like she had indents in her nose too or like or even dude who was like oh so you remember everything? What did you do yesterday? What did you do the day before that? What yeah. did you do the day before yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Who started in that movie? <laughs> Barbara Long or Longsmith or I don't know. Not and guilty. Like, I got you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, you got me, you broke me, you son of a bitch. Like, like damn, it, I forgot things. <laughs> I, I know, like I went to see a movie and I forgot part of it. Yeah. Damn. Like <laughs> you know that literally like every other human on the planet. Yep. You know, like it's just it's very it, that stuff feels like it's padding the story versus like the thematic stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, like, sure. It, it definitely like drives the plot. It keeps that momentum going, but it does feel a little like goofball -y in the moment, <laughs> especially the lady with the indents in her face and yep. like the, the, um, the elevated train. So they would only be, an empty elevated train. You would be able to see through the windows. And how long does it take an elevated train to pass right. by? What, 10 <laughs> seconds. I'll walk across the room in 10 seconds and we'll see what happens. Also, this woman had blurry vision because she wasn't wearing her glasses. And I'm like, oh, this is all speculation. <laughs> like legit in a court of law, this would all be speculation right. and you'd all be fucking shut the hell up. You know? I believe a theory that like Henry Fonda was the killer <laughs> and like I feel so bad I have to help this <laughs> like, yeah. he's like no she had glasses yeah. and they were like oh why would he lie right. yeah he's just like he got the room talking and he was like yes mm -hmm. yes my pretties <laughs> discuss discuss yes well let's 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 transition into a little bit of behind the scenes I mean this is you know another one of those movies where I I was trying, y'all. I was looking up stuff. I was trying to figure out, not even if somebody said something crazy or spicy, but like, just like, tell me more, you know, about this movie. And, mm -hmm. you know, it seems to be something that, I mean, one, like the the initial premise came from Reginald Rose, who, again, was the screenwriter, was just in a jury, you know, and he had gone through the whole process and he kind of was like, oh man, you know, I think he was on like a manslaughter case. It was like, you know, it was exhilarating. You know, I came out of it 
you know, wanted to kind of replicate that that feeling of that drama in a courtroom. And I think, you know, like there hadn't really been there hadn't been a movie like this specifically before. You know, obviously there have been movies about trials and whatnot, but like a movie that's yeah. like was specifically fixated on the jury and their decisions and in, in this kind of like you know, tight, dramatic situation. Because, you know, the movie literally, uh, I think, takes place in almost in real time, you know, just in terms of, like, their deliberation. Like, you know, it is about an hour and a half of them kind of going from, I think they start around, you know, like, maybe six-ish, and they go until, like, seven, almost seven. I think that's the deadline they set for themselves. A few other things, you know, that were interesting. Henry Fonda was a producer on this movie, and, like, I guess kind of deferred his pay, you know, in terms of like, I'm going to, I'm going to recoup on the back end. And then there, and then there wasn't a back end. Uh, <laughs> he was like, I am producing no more movies. I don't want to do that no more. <laughs> he was trying to be it's altruistic. You know? He was yeah. trying to be like, you know what? This movie is about important things. And I won't, I refuse to be paid for yeah. trying to teach the world better, right. you know? And then he fucked up and lost the bag. Yeah. Yeah. Getting paid in Bitcoin right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that in Bitcoin like Eric Adams, you know. Uh, yep, yep, yep. So, you know, the movie is legendary in terms of like production because they really only had, you know, about like three weeks to, to shoot the film. And so, you know, like the whole thing was done in like a like a rush and a blur. So there was, you know, basically just like nonstop rehearsals, you know, over and over and over again. And then they filmed the entire movie in, in 27 days, which was just like a like a marathon. Yeah. But there was, you know, there's a lot of different techniques, you know, like they were saying that they, they mounted, uh, you know, the cameras at eye level with the wide angle lenses to kind of, you know, give you that that difference of depth between, you know, each of the, the jurors. And they you were kind of changing the the focal length throughout to kind of just make it more and more and more dramatic and more tense as they went along. Um, mm-hmm. Some interesting things. The movie basically has been remade time and time and time and time and time and time again in different countries and different languages. Basically, any country you can think of, they've got 12 Angry Men, right? Like mm-hmm. there was a. A German production, there was a, a Chinese production, there was a Japanese production, uh, UK production, um, all kind of basically doing the same things. But the one that I want to talk about is the one that Cameron has been referencing, which is the 1997 made-for-TV movie, which um, a, a few things to think about. So one, this movie, the original, right? is 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 Cindy Lumet, right? So like big time director. They get a, another big time director in in William Friedkin to do this uh, made for TV. Yeah. So he's done a bunch of movies. I'll list some of them off for y'all, but like uh you know, he started out doing documentaries, but then in 71 he does The French Connection. Uh he follows that up with The Exorcist. Does To Live and Die in LA, does Blue Chips. Yeah. Freaking's a wild boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a wild um, boy. But he does his commentary on The Exorcist is like kind of the stuff of legend. <laughs> but he does this in '97, basically inspired by the OJ trial, right? He was like, "We need to run this back." <laughs> I guess that's a, that's a source of inspiration. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> we're we're in this this time of 
you know, is the, does the criminal justice system work, you know, equally for all? And just kind of all, all of this, you know, racial tension going on. And so they get Reginald Rose to redo the script. Like he updates it to kind of have references to modern day. Like they don't, they're not going to send him to the chair. They're going to, you know, give him the shot. They're going to give him a lethal injection. And again, you know, like sports teams and all that stuff, you know, gets updated. The thing that they do that's interesting. I'll read through the cast because it is pretty impressive. I'm interested to watch, but I also feel like I think it's verbatim the same film. Like I've watched a few clips from it and I think it's literally just the same movie and they just swapped a few people. But juror number one, the foreman is Courtney B. Vance. Black acting school right there. I've got to, I've got to do this a few times because there's a few people in here. So Courtney B. Vance, obviously. Right. And then Ossie Davis. Uh, (laughs) Right. Uh, You got George C. Scott. You've got James Gandolfini. You've got, Edward James Almos. Jack okay. Jack Lemon gets to play juror number eight. He, he would. He would. <laughs> he would. And then you've got Michael T. Williamson or uh, McKetty Williamson, who plays in a, in a real interesting. And I want to talk about this briefly with y'all because I found I found this choice. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, the intention and thought behind it, because he plays the bigot right but he is like a nation of islam guy yep. right yep. so like they put all that feels like a spike lee movie, <laughs> you know? honestly they put all of the bigotry and the racism on this this muslim black guy and because he's saying the same like i watched the scene right where like you know he has the big blow up and he's saying literally the same thing about this latino kid like the kid in this movie is latino like you know there's not a debate or a question about it and so he's talking about them and you know how they do and they're all drunks and you know they're killing each other they're crackheads they're hooked on the drugs you know what i mean and and he's and he's talking specifically to ozzy davis and courtney b vance about like you know you see how they what's up with them you know like my brothers you know we got (laughs) we we gotta do it you know for us because you know like i think he has the line of like you know it's one less of them out there you know, doing the things that they do. And I was kind of like, I wonder, I wonder what the thought process behind that was to not only have it be the black guy, but then to have it to be the Muslim black guy, but not just any Muslim black guy, but, you know, very specifically like 1% or nation of Islam black guy, you know, like he's got the kufi on, like he's going full. He's like really like, you know, leaning in there. Um, What do y'all think about that? change like is that something that does anything or is that just adding more messy complications to this movie that you know isn't necessarily like it's not additive in the sense of like oh a different perspective but it's more just like oh okay i guess we're doing that on top of everything else i feel like the only reason that that's able to happen is because like we watch the movie and we're like this is very obviously about race it's about class because aspects of gender and masculinity and all of these things mm-hmm. but i i feel like the intention of it was to just be like this is just about humanity You're right and we let it's my white voice keeps coming out when i say this stuff it's like this is about humanity. <laughs> <laughs> we let all these things get in our way and we let race get in the way and like that's why they went for the ambiguity of like the race of the defendant mm-hmm. and all that so then like 
people grab that and they're like, right, this is about humanity. And they do not at all process the layers yeah. within that. So they're like, oh my God, do you know what would be crazy? What if it's Islam? And it's like you picking a person who, you know, just by the principles that they live by does identify themselves as different than people who don't live by them. Mm-hmm. Right. Still not in the same way that white men do it. Nope. It it might fit when you describe it in those abstract terms. It might fit. Still not the same as, you know, an upper middle class white guy saying those same words because it's going to come from a very different place and the black guy in the nation of islam could only get those ideas from white supremacy mm-hmm. teaching it to him, not the other way around you know well, first mm-hmm. of all Message. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah well camera i want to hear what you have to say um if you have thoughts on that on uh refresh me again on on them deciding for this this update that the bigot is going to be this nation of islam representative yeah i uh, I, (laughs) mm all right so you got to think about this kind of twofold right like you gotta think about it as um what's his name reginald rose yeah so think about it like a white man think about it like a white man like you know (laughs) I'm sure they scared the hell out of them, right? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty positive when white people see five percenters, they're like, "Oh my mm. god, oh my god, they're gonna kill me." Yeah, well, boy, <laughs> they're gonna kill me. If you if you're if you're familiar with in the DMV area with the the black Israelites, that's <laughs> that's an energy, that's a mood. <laughs> it's a it's a. <laughs> See, I know them because I like bean pies. Okay, that's that's what I, I know them. <laughs> but so that's see that's why I'm saying you got to think about it like a white man, yeah. right? Because like me personally, I'm gonna see a five percent and I'll be like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, I'll read. Okay, I'll read. <laughs> I'll read the final call. I'll read it. I'll read it. Just chill. Or like, you know, let me get to be my brother. You know, <laughs> my my brother. Yes, I am yeah. your brother. But like also like, all right, just let me get the newspaper. I'm gonna get out of here. I'm I I get you. Yeah. I feel you. But I gotta go, <laughs> my brother. Let me tell you what's in that chipotle that you're eating. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. That swine. You know, I'm gonna just, oh, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna let it sit in the car. But I'm not yeah. gonna eat it till later. Um, and I get the, my sister with your beautiful natural hair. Like, yeah. Right, 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 right. I'm on a walk. Yeah, I, we just trying to live. Yeah. We just trying to see see tomorrow. You know, like. But white people see five presenters and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're going to put me under the ground. Yeah. <laughs> right. I almost died today. Yeah. And it's like you bumped into someone. It's OK. <laughs> <laughs> just don't bump into them. Just watch your personal yeah. space and you'll be all right. Right. But so I feel like, yeah, white, that, that certain perspective is like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's a that's a heightened perspective already. So, like, I've got to insert this because it's a heightened point of view, but I feel like they don't fully understand, like, where they're coming mm. from. So, while it is, like, probably put in the movie for sensationalism's sake, I feel like the point of view they're discussing through that character is, like, a little a little falsified, a little general, and not really, like coming from the heart of what that message actually is, right? Yeah. Because, like, sure, a 5%er is going to be like, you know, 
that's not a real man of God. That's not a real yeah. lamb of God right there. Right. But at the same time, they're not going to completely like write this person off the same way right. the white bigot in the first movie would. Right. right. They're not going to write them off that way. I mean, no. I, I'm going to I'm going to say they're not because honestly, they, they wouldn't. That's not part of their belief system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two two things I will say. One, on, on a more serious note, this yeah. does stink a little bit of like what about ism of just like oh yeah like they're but but they do it too or like there's another side to it and it's like right it's not quite the same right because it's like you were yeah like you were saying deja that energy that like a like a white middle-aged white man would carry not only with these specific beliefs but like the power that comes with it right like this guy kind of raging against others and there's a whole you know again a whole separate podcast about you know like <laughs> just how uh, people are conditioned to not only hate themselves, but like, you know, that, that mm-hmm. kind of like POC, like monopoly game of like, well, we, we need to claim our space. Right. Because like, there's only so much real estate here. And like, these people are encroaching on our territory and they're, you know, they're doing, and then you get into that, you know, white supremacist mentality of like, Oh, they're going to take from us. Right. When it's just like, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's the, that's right there. Yeah. It's that's the difference. It's like white supremacy is completely different than being like in the nation of Islam. Right. Yeah. Or being a 5% being in the nation that's... of Islam. And it's also like playing off of, like you were saying those, those fears and that general ideology. Cause you know, like Farrakhan heavy in the nineties. Right. You know what sure, I mean? Like they're, sure. they're pulling from a lot of like, Oh, did you hear what he said about gay people? Or did you hear about, you know, and it's, and it's also like that ideology of like, and that's what they all think, right? Like, you know, that's like what they, they, exactly they, all, they all believe the same thing. All of them are like Farrakhan. It's like, and it's yep. like you know, like uh, you can go to the million man march and still have gay friends, dog. Like, you know, <laughs> well, you can go to they, the million they, man march and also be like, you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I mean, some of this. I went to the second one. I went to the second Million Man March, and I was like, "These guys." <laughs> I don't know if I agree with everything here, but I'm glad to see everybody hugging. That's guys, nice right? Nice you know, I mean, that's 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 us, right? You know, like it's just like some of this is messy, and I don't really get down with this, but like I want all of us to be free. You know, I want all of us to like get yes, to the certain place. Yes. So like. Right. I'm down with the 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 theory and the concept of what's happening here. I'm not down with the you know uh <laughs> a lot of this other like you know real real toxic uh ideology that you're you're spitting out yeah. sometimes you know but like yeah i don't think white people know when something is an in-house discussion because mm-hmm. i think black people sometimes see another black person or a black group like express something you're like that's not right but i'll handle like yeah. we can do let, let me let us handle that <laughs> like, we got this we do not need don't like, you don't gotta Sarah, don't... mackenzie and kyle yeah, to enter right, this right, room right. Like, we yes. handle this it. the close chat yes. um yeah <laughs> my second thought is damn i would love dr umar 12 <laughs> <laughs> they ain't never leaving <laughs> they ain't never going home Cheddar they biscuits. Never Cheddar bis- <laughs> Donations. 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 <laughs> Donations. Everything he says is gonna come out three times. They're gonna be like three times. That, that's that's the movie. That's the length of the movie. That's why it's as long as it is because he's just repeating. I'm gonna himself. say not guilty. He is not guilty. That brother is not guilty. <laughs> so if we're thinking about how to reimagine this movie, one. Because you brought up a good point, Cameron. You know, this is this originally was intended 
as white art for the white gaze, right? So if we're trying to reimagine this movie as black or POC art, is is that possible within the constructs of the criminal justice system? Or is that something that's like always going to have some some tainted element to it that's like, you know, where we're trying to make it feel like, yeah, we have a say in this too, but the reality is like not 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 quite, not the same way. I think it, I, Yeah, I was gonna actually pass it to you, David. I was gonna <laughs> say like I feel like what, it, what do you think? both because like we've talked so much throughout this whole conversation that there's like such a heavy element of just sure she had indents in her mm-hmm. nose that you could see from far you know there's such a heavy element where the setup itself is just like just trust us on that here we are so in that sense like yeah make it an all poc jury we'll pretend that happens yeah. somewhere in america <laughs> um but then on the other it's like it's hard because you almost can't tell these stories especially if you want a happy ending you almost can't tell them if you want a sense of reality yep not really happy ending that part so it's like i think we would kind of have to accept the fantasy element just to start the premise you know yeah it's it's i i don't want to sound pessimistic here but i feel like black people are too practical (laughs) to like try to make an altruistic fantasy about the justice system because we just experience the justice system differently yeah right it's a it's just it's not the same justice system we know it's not right we live in that we live in that reality so even if we wanted to paint a picture of like wow what it what could it be like if we release that movie we'd be Mm -hmm. like get the fuck out of here get Throw that whole thing away. Oh, oh, shut your dumb wait, ass Cameron, up. I, like, I got you. Man, I I shut your bitch ass up. <laughs> yeah, yep. exactly. The second we go to that movie, we're like, yo, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? You so, you, do you live in America? Yeah. <laughs> do you live in America? Like, you know, like, so I feel like as much as I want to reimagine this movie for us and like for us, right? Because, mm-hmm. and I don't want to do you know, the white man's burden of it all. Mm-hmm. Just put the opposites in there and be like, oh, what if it was a white man on trial? Dun, dun. And a bunch of black people, because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a bunch of black people. Yeah, probably did it. Yeah. <laughs> there wouldn't even be the one guy. I mean, that one guy in the room would probably be Ben Carson mm, or like whatever, Clarence you know Thomas, what I yeah. mean? Or like Blacks for Trump guy or whoever, yeah, boy. you know? Right? So, like, it, I feel like altruistic fantasies like this don't exist in our world because there's we've just seen strictly the brutality of white america yeah right in every facet of it so fantasies come in the sense of like i don't know family drama Mm -hmm. or like church drama like the preacher's wife is a fantasy you know um we we look at like black family structure in like movies of Tyler Perry like uh or romantic life structures you know like oh, those are just like morality tales honestly yeah. his his movies are like morality tales but like like the that movie the photograph i think about that that's like that's like a a romantic fantasy right. you know like or um 
I try to think of Spike, but Spike don't deal with that shit. <laughs> My dude don't live in fantasy. Yeah, you know? he's like, there is blood on the streets, and it's like, I want to see a movie tonight. Yeah, though. yeah. yeah just, I was just trying to chill. I was just trying. It's Friday. Like I was just trying, trying to hang out, man. It's not even. It's not even that serious, you know. Like, um, but like, yeah, those like altruistic fantasies in the black community are mostly like family dynamics yeah. or uh, religious dynamics or you know not even necessarily fantasies they're more so like tales of um moral righteousness mm-hmm. like i think of like denzel's movie that he directed this year a journal for jordan right it's about a person who was like this amazing man who was this amazing man and this woman remembered him such right and remembered him such to the point where she had to write a book about the journal that he left behind because like that's what she was able to witness and she was grateful to like have a person in her life like that. So that's like an altruistic fantasy right there. Mm -hmm. Right. Or it's not even a fantasy because that person existed to her. So I feel like black film doesn't almost exist in that world because the brutality of our day to day is like so realistic that why we just want to see like, we just want to, at the end of the day, like in our real lives, and I'm not speaking for all black people here, but I, I would speak for the majority of us when I say like, we just want equity, mm-hmm. right? We just want to be able to walk the streets and not get killed. We want to be able to go to the grocery store and, or go to the bodega and the lotion's not locked up. We want to like, you know, we want to, we want simple yeah. shit. You know, it's not even, it's really not that no. hard yeah. uh, when it comes to that. So when white people have like this kind of like, courtroom justice fantasy where you know and and what's funny about this kind of fantasy is that it's not even about the person who's at on trial Mm -hmm. it's about them it's about the jurors it's about the people like wouldn't it be great if our if we had it in our hearts to be able to like be changed Mm -hmm. right wouldn't that be beautiful but they even know to themselves that mm, yeah, it's a fucking no. fantasy. This is a movie. This ain't real life. And it's not going to happen. Yeah. So like, I, as much as I want to, as much as I would love to see like this movie for black people, I just think our community would mm. reject it. Let me pitch you guys a movie. <laughs> Here we go. Yes. We could, I mean, we can do it. Devil's advocate. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> we could do it a couple of different ways. If you wanted, you you can you can do this in a serious way. You can you can take this in a serious direction if you want to, because there's a lot of serious things that happen in the black community, that happen in the black community, right? Like amongst us, like you were talking about, Tasha, like us litigating this kind of stuff amongst ourselves. And then there's just some like hood shit that happens. <laughs> I'm just imagining this, but like about a dice game, or like about like dominoes or like you know like or imagine imagine a spades game okay (laughs) somebody reneges and then we've got 12 angry uh aunties or whoever like around the table and it's just it's the same thing right but them just trying to get somebody to convince somebody you know that that person actually reneged and it wasn't you know what they said it was right and so so that's more like rashomon that's like people 
Exper- everybody experienced something, right? Everybody was sure. like, oh, no, nah. like, Shirley Renee, definitely. <laughs> and Shirley's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's review the evidence. <laughs> Here we go. She's got an invitation on her nose. I think, you know, could she even see the book? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And I know they know each other from a long time ago. Like, Shirley, yeah. <laughs> Shirley and Deanne definitely know each other from, like, you know, back in this back in the day when they were the Spellman, yeah. so like, don't act like they ain't played space, right? I because I could see it. I mean, again, even just in terms of like the the family dynamic, like council, right? Like you've got somebody who's like the ultimate judge, right? Um, mm. But then it's just kind of them. It could be, you know, it could be about anything, but it is it's it's less of a actual justice system situation and more of just like a, mm. you know, Daryl owes me twenty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> where's my twenty? Really is. That's, that's really what it you is. You know, and then we'll and then we'll litigate this amongst ourselves to to figure out if you really need to pay them that twenty. Damn, that's that's that sounds more real to me because, like, think about it. Like, there, think about it. It's like a situation where, say, for example, there's a party, mm-hmm. and you know, it's Daryl and his friends. Daryl got to go. You know, he he needs twenty dollars because he got to get on the train to go meet his his baby mama or his you know his his kid yeah. you know in another city or whatever right so he needs that $20 but everybody in the room everybody at the party knows Daryl yeah. right they know this nigga <laughs> <laughs> they know he's up to no good and also like a couple of days later after that party like Daryl showed up with like you know he had a comic book or he bought like a DVD yeah. it was like where you get the money for that bro mm. So, like, it's also, you have this experience where everybody's trying to figure out what Daryl, did Daryl use that money for that train ticket? Or, like, you know, did he do some other bullshit on the side? It's like, we know him, but we also know what he's capable of. And so, like, you have this situation where all these people come in figure out, like, does Daryl really need to pay back that $20? It's like, so that, I could see that kind of situation. Yeah, and that could definitely... Because that's like justice within the black community, you know what I mean? That's art, that's justice amongst ourselves. Right, and that's that's a that's a play, that's a short film, you know, that's something that I could get behind. Should we write Yeah, this? I mean, is we that, could do that, that if you want, you the know. Three of us, we don't write this movie? <laughs> and I'm also, I'm briefly flashing back to my Dr. Umar in this, and I just like, the, I just want to hear somebody say tricknology in a movie you know what i mean <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what this movie was missing was uh was the was the technology oh, element uh, the technology <laughs> well let's let's get this film on our caucasity ranking scale we got three levels of caucasity deja the first level is happening now we are we're we're all David Attenborough out here, like doing our uh, <laughs> our observations of of the world around us as white people uh, are wearing shorts in the winter time. Like it's weird. We're in a weird time because we're getting back into that. Like okay, now we're creeping back up in the temperature, but then you know, come come Sunday, going back into Monday, it's gonna get cold again. You know what I mean? So I feel like this is this might even be prime season because they're gonna be like, well, it was warm yesterday, so you know, I'll just wear shorts <laughs> again today, like. I have heard that excuse. <laughs> Legit. But shorts in the winter is like, okay, this isn't hurting me. It may not even necessarily be offending me. It's just like, what's up? You know, we got questions about what you're doing out here. You should probably... It's definitely fail. Yeah, like, make make better choices. You know, we want the best for you. Shorts in sub-20 degree weather is definitely not that. So, like, 
maybe you know it's it's not it doing any actual harm to me but from afar just from a distance like we would we would recommend that you cease and desist right cameron what's the second level uh the second level of caucasity is uh this movie's touching my hair um so this movie has committed a violent act it has probably not asked you to touch its hair touch your hair but it's already got a hand deep mm-hmm. within your within your locks so we got problems already <laughs> for our third level i mean do we want to do both of these or do we want to just i think it's a opportunity to, <laughs> to talk about okay happy black history month everybody <laughs> jeez it, it has begun. Um, so we've got two two levels or two different things that you can choose from, whichever whichever makes you feel some kind of way, Deja. Uh, there's two stories this week, not, you know, like from, from another time, but from literally just this week. So first in Chicago, there was a high school teacher who got into a little bit of trouble for using a certain word. And I wonder if you can guess. Which one that would be? <laughs> Definitely darn. Yeah, I'm gonna go darn. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, oh. God. <laughs> um, and so Mary Devito, who is uh, a high school teacher at Mother Macaulay Liberal Arts High School, did this. I think she was she was talking about the new name for the Washington football team. They used to be a racial slur, and now they're the Washington Commanders, right? And so she was trying to equate the name of that team with another word, which I think you can guess what it is. It's, 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 it's nigger, everybody. She said nigger. Uh, and <laughs> so she said it and boy, oh boy, listen to her, her, her actions after saying that. Cause there was a student that was filming this just because they were filming like the lesson itself just for notes later. And so obviously this got caught on camera <laughs> And then as she's she's speaking to the local uh, news station and her words are, I can't believe it fell out of my mouth. <laughs> I didn't read that article. I so can't, I didn't can't that. believe That's it insane. fell out of my mouth. Oh, Cameron, we're not even we're not even at the caucasity yet. She <laughs> then had to go obviously meet with, you know, the, the school administration. And not only did she say there again. She she said it multiple times, even though she had several clear directives to stop. That's there's like a white woman. I have to say, Um, yo, no one plays victim like a white woman. Yeah, Devito told us sometimes so. She was just trying to make things clear to administrators, but she would never use the word again. I would never say nigger. I would never say mm. that. So I, like, they, they think I said nigger. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's the kicker. Obviously, Devito's daughters have created a change.org petition <laughs> to get their mother her job back at the school. <laughs> I firmly believe before we can even think about defunding the police, we need to defund change.org. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, it's one and the same. Um, so that's that that happened at the beginning of the week. Yikes! Happening now as we speak. Uh, <laughs> down yeah. in Houston, they are. 
I mean, I'll, I'll let me. Let... It's already done. The oh, it's already done. happening. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll pull up this, this photo for you so you can see it. But to honor one Rosa Parks, they are. What? <laughs> they are uh, having oh, yeah. these put on to just random buses. So it's just a, it's just a yellow seat that says Rosa Parks. <laughs> that's it. That's that's the whole thing. Like they've they've decided that the best way to honor this woman's life is to put a yellow seat on a bus that says her name. I don't know if it's on the back of the bus or the front of the bus. It's unclear <laughs> what part of the bus they decided that this should go into. But it's one of those things where I think, you know, obviously, sure, well-intentioned, right? But it's also like a lot of people have said subsequently, that's a thing you can do in an equal and just world, right? Like, that's the thing that you can do when all these other issues have been solved, right? When all the money and, you know, the funding that goes into a project like this doesn't need to be used to do other things, right? And so it is a nice gesture. Right. It is a nice gesture to build a statue, to you know civil rights leaders it is a nice gesture to do these things at the same time you live in a state that is banning critical race theory which is not even taught in the schools right like you're you're they didn't even <laughs> do it yet off rip y'all was like i don't like the idea you're <laughs> instituting uh draconian voting rights legislation right but you're gonna give us a rosa parks yellow seat on a bus <laughs> I feel like I want to see the graffiti. I just wanted to play out so I can see the graffiti. Like anybody who's listening in Houston, like please take pictures mm, and yes. send mm. them to white people will save you pot. <laughs> I need to see these. But this level, as you've probably been able to pick up, is is the ultimate level because it's just like you you know what's happening. You know what you're doing. Like this is not any real attempt to to do anything other than just like step all over everything without any repercussion right the fact that this woman didn't just say nigger in class and look i mean we're not even going to get into some joe rogan shit where it's just like well what is it acceptable for me to say you know but it's more just like you you knew what that was going to be when you said it but then to not (laughs) apologize but actually just continue to do the thing that got you in trouble in the first place to your boss. <laughs> and, then, and then to have the audacity and caucasity to start a change.org petition to get your job back after just basically like doing all that in the faces of the people who were, they were just, they were just telling you to stop. Right. It wasn't even it wasn't even like a situation where it was like, we've already fired you. It was like, we just want to talk to you about this. And now you're doubling, tripling down in our face as we're trying to get you to not do the thing that you're currently doing in real time. (laughs) You're the one who needs to change. Yeah, that's it. But where do you where do you see this movie, 12 Every Men, ranking on our our capacity meter? I was going to say this movie just touched my hair, but I have to go with the Rosa Parks bus seat because <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it like, it's, it could have been level two, okay. but it gets level three because of that example, because it really did just say like, we did it guys. Mm. We fixed the justice system Yeah, because nothing is easier to solve than like the justice system by a bunch of white men. We haven't tried that mm. yet. So we did it. 
that sense of white, I will change nothing material for your life, but I will pat myself on the back for yeah. it. Mm. That's where I'm right. Mm. You're welcome. Um, Cameron what about you I think so I was actually I was going to be the apologist again and be like no it's not so bad but it kind of is that bad because did Deja just juror number eight you did she just (laughs) it it happened in real time I'm like put this movie in the chair not Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean this this the biggest problem with this movie and white liberalism on mass is thinking you did the work, you've done nothing. You like it's the it's the black square on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's uh putting a Black Lives Matter poster in your uh in your front yard, but you know, you've donated to all kinds of wild other shit in the in, in the mean in the uh interim or is it is it you know it's is it that. noted civil rights enthusiast darren Ravel who bought the rosa parks bus oh, car god <laughs> i have a large civil rights memorabilia set in my house i have the most and... martin luther king jr memorabilia of anybody <laughs> i have the bullet that went through his chest i found it <laughs> I kept it. <laughs> I kept it. It's here. I am not a racist. <laughs> it's that, but it's those vibes, yeah. right? It's like you thought you did something, mm. right? You thought you did something, but what did you really? Yeah. Do? And what? And if you saw somebody get shot by a policeman tomorrow, what would you actually yeah. do? Would you start lobbying for police reform? Would you lobby to defund the police? Would you? Uh, write your would you not even write your congressman go to fucking washington like do something about it but this movie is henry fonda patting himself on the back saying he had like a being righteous you know Mm. like and that is like the grossest version of it to me (laughs) i i hate i hate when i have this i mean because i got white friends joe like come on i look at me (laughs) i'm harm i'm harmless (laughs) I got white friends, and and they love to come to me and say, like, well, I did this. I marched, and I did that. And it's like, okay, good. But what do you do every day? And if you do do any stuff every day, and if you do lobby for that every day, and if you do live that, that's I'm not talking about you. But it's the people that come to me and say that stuff and ain't done mm. shit <laughs> that make me, like, want to vomit yeah. in my mouth. So, and this is that movie a little bit, even though it's well-made and it's like, it it is like, it it does invoke Mm -hmm. that feeling. It's just not really doing the work. It's not, it's not Ava DuVernay (laughs) actually doing the work. Well, I think, I think the thing about everything you just said, right. And even, I think we've, we've basically talked around this point, you know, like for, for this conversation is that when it comes to that, right. When it comes to allyship, when it comes to being, you know, a, a, participant you know in in change right like it's not a thing that has a reward at the end of it right like it's not a thing that's like oh yeah and i did that and now i get to feel good about it right like it's like Mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes being an ally is taking an l right like sometimes you just you lose right for the advancement of other people and it's not necessarily 
ask black people. Yeah, you know, anything that has to do with you or or should be centered in a way that it's like, well, what's what's if the question is what's in it for me, right? Like what am I getting out of helping people? You know, like it is basically altruism, right? Like the whole idea and concept behind it is that you don't get anything out of this other than you did what ostensibly is the right thing, right? Like you did what people should do for people, right? Like regardless of any other qualifier you want to put on those people. And so, you know, I feel like we, in 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 the interest of the movie, let's make it unanimous. <laughs> we're all, we're all get on. Well, we'll make it, I guess it's a guilty verdict, but. Um, <laughs> this movie is guilty. Yeah. It's in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I think, you know, everything both of you said, right? But then also, I think this is one of those movies that is, and I don't think this was the intention, right? Like, I don't think this is what the, the makers of the movie were like, this is what we want to accomplish with this. I think, I don't know if there was anything behind it. I mean, Sidney Lumet has literally said that, like, he, why did he make the movie? Because it was, he got a chance to make a movie. Like that's why he made the movies because he got to direct a movie with Henry Fonda in it. Like all of the other stuff is great. I mean, like he was even saying that again, apparently like, and this is, this is across spectrums, right? Like in the UK, you know, like laws have been changed and like, you know, they're, they, they teach this movie in schools and whatnot. And like, they teach this movies in schools here. And like, even like, um, justice Sotomayor has, cited this movie as like one of the reasons why she wanted to get into law you know like she saw this movie when she was in school and she was like oh you know it inspired me even though she then turned around and said if you did any of this in real life like this is a mistrial like you (laughs) this shit would actually fly in real life because if you just started pulling knives out and doing all this other stuff like (laughs) they're just gonna throw the case out but it's so true it's yeah but i i think there is a sense of like the the idea behind the movie is like the good we can do right like if we all just you know take the time out to see each other as people you know like let's all band together and like do justice right like do the right thing and it's not even that people are like not like that at all right like they're all we're all selfish and individualistic but i think it Mm -hmm. is like you could ask down the line, whether you're talking to Angela Davis, whether you're talking to Malcolm, whether you're talking to Huey P. Newton, whether you're talking to James Baldwin, they all saw white people throughout their lives not change. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. Nothing moved. Nothing really, you know, there was maybe like a like a small, like incremental shift in thought and ideology. And that only came literally at the deaths of <laughs> monumental black figures like it wasn't like they looked out the window one day and you're like you know what we were wrong we should probably do something about this it was like no M- martin died and cities burned and you were like we should probably pass that civil rights act like that might be a good idea <laughs> to do about now um and you know i mean speaking of our boy we can always get get his opinions on this and right? a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense because I think whether you want to go to Letter from a Birmingham Jail, whether you want to you know, go to the later writings of James Baldwin, whether you want to talk to Tanya Hesey Coates in current day, you know what I mean? It's just like they see how not only white liberalism 
can co-opt movements, right? Can kind of like absorb these things and like use them as um, something where it, it is a pat on the back. It is a feel good moment. And this movie is supposed to be that, right? You watch this movie, you come out of it thinking that's me, right? Like that's, that's what we talk about all the time on the show. It's like, that's why people see this and they're like, I'm, th- I'm that one. I'm juror number eight. Nobody's juror number two, right? Nobody's the racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's, Nobody's the wishy-washy flip-flopper. Everybody's juror number eight, you know, like everybody. Because if juror number uh, juror number two came out, you know, it was just like, yeah, you know, I I don't like, I don't like. <laughs> if, if that person came out, like, you know, spoke up, they, people would look at yeah. them, you know. And, but now we live in a world where those people are like radically emboldened. And yeah, those like, people are in Congress. Like, yeah, yeah. Blue <laughs> those matter. people. Those people are making decisions for the rest of us, you know what I mean, at a, oh, at a federal yeah, level. Yeah. But even that. Like, just the level of, like, this is so real life. It's funny to imagine, like, a white listener getting to this point in this episode and being like, it's going to be ranked, like, level one, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, what do you mean? I don't, I'm not that bad. No, like, you you probably are. You kind of are. Because, <laughs> like, I, I think... R- because white liberalism, the problem with it is like they think that it's like it's gonna be over soon, right? <laughs> Something you do is going is going to end racism in the next like two to five years, and it's like, dog. Yeah. Oh. Well, because even even <laughs> even more than that, right? Like I think we've may have talked about this on the show. I don't know. I feel like me and you, Cameron, have talked about this. You know, probably more so in depth. And that in like white white people are socialized to think of themselves as individuals, right? Like that's how that works is that you you alone make a decision and that decision is your decision right and like doesn't have a ripple effect or like isn't part of a larger mass you know consciousness right black people we have to speak for all of us right like every time one of us does something that's a whole conversation about well like what can the black community do Mm-hmm. to do whatever right there's never a white community conversation there's never a situation you know like the people who were marching in charlottesville that was them that was individuals you know mm-hmm. who made a decision that was some bad eggs right but it's not like you on know that side even though you had that and then you have all these other maybe not marches of a similar level right where like people are getting killed but like people are marching in the streets for confederate flags and all kinds of other wild shit like you know what i mean like it's not an isolated incident they were going to attempt to kidnap the governor of Michigan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these are all documented things that we know. I mean, and that we saw January 6th. And so, you know, like we have these, these situations where it's just like, ah, oh, but like it's, but it's not me. Like I'm not a part of that. Right. Because I, I mm-hmm. don't engage in X, Y, and Z, but it is like, but you, but you do though. Right. Like by being, by being white, like you do do that. Right. Like, and it's, it's, it's the, ultimate goal right and this is what (laughs) i don't know i don't know if you saw this camera i was i was tweeting maybe like a month ago about this very bizarre situation where i was on the train to work and i wasn't able to catch the entirety of the conversation but this dude had come on the train and i don't know if it was to anybody in specific it is funnier to think about it as just a general question and proclamation but he was asking how he could be a better ally and it was like audible like i could hear him you know and i was like not he was asking people i get well because then i saw like he got engaged in the conversation with like this older black woman and this younger black guy i was trying my best to eavesdrop but not be like obvious about it but i was kind of like getting bits and pieces of of conversation um Mm -hmm. but 
like that energy, right? <laughs> that energy of like, oh, like how can I be a better ally? And like the answer and the thing that you don't want to hear is like fundamentally undo yourself. <laughs> like the answer is to cease to be right. white right and that's like right. a big thing to do because that's literally your identity right whether or not you identify as white in the sense of like you know white nationalist like i'm a white person or like you identify you know as somebody who you know has particular beliefs but like underpinning all of those beliefs is the ability to have those beliefs because you're a white person <laughs> you know what i mean and so like to to like you have the option right you have the option. to to actually do the thing that creates equity and like equality is like and then you surrender that power right and like and i don't think i think we've said this before right like you know when people ask those questions it's like i don't think you know what that means to not be white <laughs> like i don't think you have an understanding of what or to not to not uh knowingly benefit from like your way or unknowingly right which is like a majority or of it right like yeah, a majority yeah, of yeah, it is just really, like yeah, right, off right. off jump you know you're you're in the club you know what i mean like the reason that you got that job the yeah, reason I that mean, you got access to that country the club the reason why you know what i mean the reason yeah. why you got that loan all, that. all of that stuff like you like right. you might not like to think that that's why that is right you might like to think that it's because of some individual quality that you have or your hard work or all these other things. And it's not to say that those things don't necessarily play a part in it, but what definitely plays a part in it <laughs> is the whiteness, right? Like that's, that's, you know, it all comes back around to that. And I think for this movie, you know, like it is the luxury to have an hour and a half to pontificate about whether or not we should kill this kid. Right. <laughs> like it, is, it is that, you know, ability to kind of like we should, because first of all, and you know, we haven't really, they've, they've tried to do this and this is kind of what I think kind of gets in the way of the modern reinterpretations when there is a black person or a Latino person, or, you know, I, I haven't, I've, I've yet to see a version with women in it, <laughs> but what gets in the way of this basic concept and idea is that, you know, like the second you introduce, like, I think maybe you said this, Cameron, like if it's 12 angry men and it's 11 white people and one black person, right? Like, and black person is juror number eight, like that kid's going to die, right? Like he's gone. Yeah. There's no way that well-meaning, you know, James Earl Jones isn't going to convince <laughs> 11 <laughs> white people <laughs> that they shouldn't kill this kid because, especially in 1957, because they were just like, mm, you probably got like how do you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I think that's that's yeah, that's how we get to this third level is that there's just a lot of like it is a little bit of wish fulfillment, right? Like it is a little bit of like yeah, I I would like to do that, right? Like I'd like to be juror number eight and 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 walk into that room and tell those people you know how wrong they are or change minds and hearts but like we've said repeatedly on this episode like that's boy you know so many things right if black people if you if we had the answers <laughs> if oh, we just had to talk to you like if that was what it was would have would have been done that a long time ago like that's <laughs> clearly not how this works or at least not works for us you know what i mean like 
And if if that was the answer for y'all, it works for them because if it worked, it would have been. Done. That's what I'm saying too. Like, and and if you're telling me the opposite, where like, well, white people can talk to each other. What have y'all been talking about for 400 plus years? Because <laughs> it's clearly not what this movie has been talking about. So let's let's move on to recommendations. Are there any movies that you guys would recommend in place of this? I mean, I would not dissuade people from watching this movie. Like, I don't. Yeah, I think that's. I think this whole episode needs to go with saying, or at this at this end with the caveat that like see the movie, yeah, yeah, it's actually like very good filmmaking. It, it like it evokes that emotion. It evokes like the notion of a true and just justice system. You know, the idea of it could exist, right? Or like mm-hmm. the notion that people are malleable uh, or that like people are capable of like recognizing error within themselves or not like all these men forego their ego. Yep. Right. And we live in a nation that's just built on ego. Mm -hmm. Like literally the stars and bars, like, you know, is this the reason, like, white supremacy exists is because of ego. Because, fam, y'all lost. Yep. <laughs> right? The South lost. Still losing. Nazis, you lost. You're the losers in movies. There's repeated movies where you're the villains and you lose again and again. Mm-hmm. Right? But y'all still on that. <laughs> so, like, this movie is, while being good... It's still a fantasy. It still presupposes that people can change. It still presupposes like all these things mm-hmm. about you know an altruistic society, and 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 see it because like there's great acting, there's great camera work, there's a great notion behind it, mm-hmm. there's a great idea behind it. I'm not here to shit on the idea, right? Right. I I too want to live in a world that people can change their minds. People are want to be good and want to be just mm-hmm. i do live in that world i'm not i'm not a pessimist at the end of the day i mean i can be a pessimist <laughs> but i at the end of the day i do want us all to like you know live together and i do want us all to like you know live and work for each sure. other and not for ourselves right. that said there are some good movies out there that could you know teach you about the reality of this world and i think um the one that comes to mind is and I might have even suggested this before, but um, the documentary on James Baldwin's uh, speech at Harvard, mm-hmm. I Am Not Your Negro, I think what he what he expounds in that movie, or what he expounds in that speech, honestly, because you could just watch the speech. It's free on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You could just do that. Um, but Raul Peck's movie about him is very informative, too, to people who aren't familiar with James Baldwin. Um but what he says in that speech, like the the idea that he's bringing to those people that like they they honestly, they, I mean those me, the men in that room assume the same that these men in Twelve Angry Men assume, oh, yeah. right? They're coming from like that white liberal perspective where it's like you know things can change. Mm-hmm. You live in a society where black people are have given, been given the opportunity to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, right? And James Baldwin comes in there like, 
Why do we have to pull ourselves up in the first yeah, shut place? Shut up, dummies. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the funny part about that, uh, I don't know why they let the other guy go first. Oh, Buckley? Well, <laughs> I think, you know. Why they let Buckley go first? Because... He was gonna get schooled anyway. Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, it was a whole because he was he was the he was the right, you know what I mean, and he was like the person who was speaking for that specific ideology. And yes. so, you know, I think they were just—I don't know if they were like, yeah, he's gonna crush him out the gate, but I think they were they were both, you know, known orators and and speakers, and so there was a sure. little bit of just like, I, I don't think there was a coin flip. Um, I read a book about this. I think it was just basically like, yeah, he, I think he almost was like, yeah, I'll go first. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I don't know if he was like, I'm a cook. I'm, I'm a cook his ass. <laughs> I'm going to cook him. I got this. Well, this no, I mean, Buckley baby. did think he was going to cook him. I think he did. He, he really did. His, yeah. He, his, uh, his, his tone in that, in his yeah. speech is definitely like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then, and then his face when when Baldwin starts speaking, he's like, "Oh, shit. literally like the second <laughs> first second sentence out of Baldwin's mouth." He's like, Damn. "Yeah, he's he's got." It's like shit. top tier. You really thought you ate, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you went up there and you did your little speech. Yeah. It is a black woman calling something little. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how. Like, that energy speech. is like yes, a black woman calling anything you did little is like. Go home. Yeah. Just take yeah. it home. No, Baldwin Baldwin was just like the that conceited gif where he's got the he's got the red cup. He's after he was just like, damn. Oh, young <laughs> okay. Hi. <laughs> just step up to this podium. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I think that's I, I feel like if you want to know something about the POC plight in America, the black plight in America. It, it honestly comes down to that speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, a lot of people want to call it the I have a dream speech because that's for white people. That's the place where you can embrace that altruistic fantasy, yeah. right? You can embrace that altruistic, like we'll walk hand in hand, you know, down that mighty road, you know, that's what, I feel like white liberals want to believe and that's where, you know, that's where they can watch this movie and want to believe those things. But if you want to experience the kind of the truth of our world, I think he expounds mm-hmm. that in that speech at Harvard, Baldwin at Harvard. Uh, Deja, what do you, what do you have for recommendations? Yeah. I'm also struggling to come up with movie. I fully agree as well about like, watch, watch 12 angry men, mm-hmm. like do it. Yeah, um, it's short, but also you like, know, so is that, yeah. yeah, and keep in mind the things that we said, perhaps. <laughs> um, but you know, like watch Twelve Angry Men. It's hard to think of a like justice system based movie yeah. that right. does it right because they're never like we're going to spend this movie dismantling like the whites. You can't write a happy ending unless you're trying to like imagine history yeah. there. So they don't yeah. really go that deep. But the, I think the closest is just mercy. Mm-hmm. And there's still work to be done from there. But I think if you're like, oh, I really want to watch like a courtroom drama movie, that's as close as I think you're going to yeah. get. Uh, but I'm actually also going to recommend uh, James Baldwin. There's a conversation between James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni mm-hmm. on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I return to that every Black History yeah. Month and then so. But when they start talking about like why is the black artist so concerned with truth 
I think in listening to that, you could also flip it and be like, why is the white artist so okay with fantasy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can definitely listen to that and also be like, there's there's a flip side to For this, sure. so I'm I'm gonna second you on the on recommending some Baldwin. Yeah, I mean I you know watch watch Baldwin, read Baldwin, uh, <laughs> you just like get all get all that in your system. I would also say watch the uh, the courtroom scene from The Wire uh, with, with with Omar. You know what I mean? Because it's it's all in the Ooh. game. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Or just watch the just wire. Just watch the wire. Yeah. Damn, like I, I hate to be like it, it's so funny because people I feel like a lot of people when they talk to me, because they know I'm bottom when they love it's like, is it really like that? And I'm like I hate to be like, yes, but it is like I mean that. you're like But it's all But the wire is fire, so like <laughs> But the wire is dope, right? Isn't that dope? Isn't that cool? But like also like a lot of the plight that goes on in America and a lot of the like confusion about like where black people lie mm-hmm. on those lines is explained in that show. And it's, and it's, it's explained with like the, it, like, it's not a happy ending. No, <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily an ending yeah. either. And it's, or it's also like, you know, like it's, it's kind of how Spike Lee makes his movies, you know? The story will end, but the struggle continues, yeah. right? And so I think that's what The Wire gets right about Black America, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. Is that, you know, sure, maybe, like, the Barksdale organization is taken mm-hmm. down. Or, like, there is minimal police reform thanks to a scrappy, drunk detective. <laughs> um and it's not even really reform yeah. at that. It's just like, you know, the, the higher ups were forced to pay attention to what they actually right. did, you know, or forced to actually like create a solution because like, and I'm, I'm kind of drawing off of what season uh, mm-hmm. three where uh, McNul- uh, McNulty creates like the, the, um, the drug safe right. zone, which is like, obviously not the solution. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> idea, but it yeah. works. It it works and it makes the it makes it makes you it, 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 you're able to confront the problem because now you know like the problem is condensed mm-hmm. and consolidated and like it's in your face now you have to create a solution because this solution is like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all I got. I think those are those are yeah. always always good things to return to. But I think that's all I got for for Twelve Angry Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we've yeah. done it. I think we saw racism. <laughs> Maybe not quite. I mean, man, there. If you if you want to get into some stuff, there are a couple of articles about how, like, you know, this movie is inspiring change and you know, like, dismantles prejudice and you know, all kinds of other things. I mean, it is kind of a pie in the sky idea that like racism is solved by the end of this movie, where they, you know, just like everybody's convinced that they're. I don't even know if they're convinced that they themselves are wrong or that just that this particular case is different than what they thought you know what i mean because like yeah to even think about that like to have that in the tool book right you know where if if we were defending ourselves in court and it's just like yeah tell me officer what did you do on monday 
and the day before that, and the day before that, <laughs> not <Yeah>. guilty. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> officer, I see that there's some indents on your nose. Do you wear glasses? <laughs> glasses? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like some sh- fucking Sherlock over here. Well, Deja, tell us all about all the wonderful things that you have going on, where people can find you on the internet, where people can find the, the wonderful content that you're creating, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, right now, you can find the most just volume of stuff that I'm doing on uh, TikTok at Deja Talks TV. Um, and I use the same thing for everything. Um, so Deja Talks TV on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all of the above. And I should have... Uh, at least one, probably a few articles coming out soon. So nice. Google name it should come yeah. up, but uh, everything will be on my Twitter. Brandon, baby. Uh, <laughs> Karen, what about you? I also have the same branding strategy. Find me at um, the Blipster eleven thirty eight at uh, Twitter and IG. Working on TikTok, not not quite there, but uh, I'll definitely follow you yeah. if you got some dope going on and deja you're definitely i'll be following you very shortly after this <laughs> i don't know i was like oh the books are <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we got some movies in the cooker some some cool stuff dropped this week i got a poster for a movie uh but we don't have a movie yet so uh look for that look for that coming up soon and um yeah some commercials maybe you might be seeing me on your tv come march yep in april so yeah nice um and i'm jordan clark you could find me on twitter and on instagram at jrsosa18 jrsosa18 yeah i, I guess i'm saying this now right like I got into the, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, at this point it's gonna yeah, come out yeah i'm just they got it they got to announce it at some point but <laughs> <laughs> i'm speaking it into uh fruition uh so i was yeah. i was selected as Also got some other comic work that will be announced hopefully in the near future as well. That should be coming out sometime later this year. Uh, so we out here, you know, we're, we're creating things, doing things, making moves. If you want to talk to us, get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter at white underscore pod. Uh, we'll have all kinds of things going on. Hopefully, you know, possibly getting some live show stuff going on in the near future. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully getting some merchandise coming in the near future. Uh, maybe even, you know, Patreon situations in the near future. If you want to write into us, you can write into us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. Uh, we're here. We're here to hear what you have to say. You know what I mean? If you have different opinions about movies, if you have, you know, deeper and further opinions about movies, um, if you want to recommend some movies, cause we're finding new stuff all the time. Some of it. Wow. You know, <laughs> Wow. Indeed. all I can say, but that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we'll be back at you next week with more of this caucasity. Peace. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.